God damn. That's it, Andrew. Uh-oh. Calling it. Calling it. Are you shutting the studio down? I'm shutting the studio down. <laughs> oh, no. Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. <laughs> Never again. Mm-hmm. Put it off the playlist. Dusty, Take it off. Dusty remembers when he remembers when he remembers when he <laughs> lost his mind. Yeah. Uh, Why would you play a song about how I might be crazy at the place that's probably most likely to make me crazy? Yeah, let me set this up. Uh, Dusty works at a bank. I used to work at this bank. The bank uses a bunch, like, you know, 40 songs rotated, maybe fewer than that, uh, playlist that's, like, safe and makes people not want to kill themselves while working at the bank. Um, doesn't It doesn't necessarily achieve that last part. Uh, because it repeats all these horseshit songs. Like, people don't understand why I hate uh, Linger by Cr- the Cranberries. <laughs> yeah. To the extent that I do. Like, there's songs I just don't like. But Linger by the Cranberries makes me want to choke something, right? Sure. It makes me hate cranberries. And they're tasty. <laughs> they're tart for my taste, but I understand. Yeah, that's true. You can put them in a smoothie or like in a in in some sort of shake, something where the cranberry yeah. isn't the main event. But some anyway. sort of fancy salad. I had a cranberry, I think white claw the other day. That was pretty good. But okay. Anyway, Dusty is about to jump off a cliff because he is sick of hearing "Crazy" by Gnarls Barkley every day at work. That's it. <laughs> it's not 2005 anymore. <laughs> look, you've served us well, "Crazy" by Gnarls Barkley. I've I've heard acoustic covers of you by white gentlemen. I've heard every version of you that could possibly exist. Uh, you've been in a Kia commercial. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Uh, you've been in a movie where there's some sort of montage happening. Mm-hmm. Look, man, you're an all-timer. You put up the numbers. But we're taking the jersey. We're hanging it. We're hanging it in the rafters. It's over. It's over, dude. The time has passed. Never again. You're... Nobody scores 100 points in the NBA anymore, you know? Time has passed for that to occur. That's true because it's, it's, it's one of those songs that, like, you don't even hear the song anymore in the sense that, like, there, if you – if there's a person out there who routinely, recreationally listens to crazy, I don't know what to say about that person. Like, that is such a coffee shop, commercial building song – that I can't believe if somebody has that on their on their plays. It's like having the the Star Spangled Banner on your playlist. Like, and it's not Norris Barkley's fault. No, it's because it's, a, it's it's the fault of the success of the song. Yeah, it's like Look, who's man. who's who's just who's just getting ready. And this is a little less because I know more people probably listen to this, but this is how I feel about this song. Who's just like stoked, like gonna go on a walk or getting in the in the car or some shit like that, and they turn on Santeria, right? Oh yeah, Santa Rita. Uh, I don't even want it coming out for the uh, like the the old timer players game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's it. If I if I never hear Santa Rita again, I'll have heard it a million more times than I needed to. Yeah, and that's the and same. I, and I love Sublime. Yeah, seriously. I do. I can't help it. I'm I'm this person that lives in California. It is almost by law required that i love sublime and i've been in cover bands i can't i'll do it for the people 
but never again of my own volition would I just be like, Santa Rhea is probably gonna gonna hit right now, right? Imagine <laughs> turning again. on Santa Rhea, like or crazy. It's like, how could you just there every song you have every song it's it's 2022 you can listen to any song you want and guess what if you don't pay for a for a streaming service it's on youtube i promise right yeah and you play crazy by Gnarls barkley <laughs> uh, i have to give i tip my hat you're in the, you're on the you're on like i said you're in the rafters dude it is not because out of pure hatred you're not crazy bitch by, oh god damn it yeah uh, that one's rough by buck that's, cherry that's a lower ta- back tattoo song right you've had your time but it's oh i'm i'm calling it it is over never again that is true out of rotation uh, could you imagine if i 10 years i don't hear crazy all of a sudden da, 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 and i'm like oh shit it's crazy by gnarls but i've never had the ability to be Stoked and surprised that Gnarls Barkley is on since like mid 2005, probably. I think we're onto something here because that's true. Like, if we were just retired the song for a while, maybe it comes back. Maybe, maybe we want to listen to Crazy, but like, it just, and this is too on the nose, but you have to be crazy to. <laughs> You'd have to be crazy. <laughs> intentionally listen to Crazy by Gnarls Barkley right now. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll just hear it. Like, if you're going to Starbucks, you're driving to Starbucks, you want a playlist for the drive to Starbucks, don't listen to Crazy, because guess what? You'll hear it in Starbucks. It's in the Starbucks. It's going to be in the Target. It's going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the at the Jamba Juice where you get your cranberry smoothie. Like, it's it's everywhere. And it's just got to go away for a while. I like, We agree on a lot of things, Dusty. I don't know if we've ever agreed on something more. You know, except for uh, uh, heavyweights, you know. Yeah. No, we've 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 gone back and forth on heavyweights, but I think we're both in agreement that it's a banger. But yeah. that uh, one of the participants in today's uh, event that we watched often says, "How can I miss you if you won't go away?" Yeah, just give me give me some space, crazy, and maybe it comes maybe it comes back for me. Absence okay. makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe you stop being a coffee shop song and you start being a fun song. You know. Yeah. It's try it. Uh, it's going to be at high school reunions because like, that's what people remember from if you're a high school reunion type of going person, you know, you know what it should learn from is that fucking Gautier song. Somebody that I used to know. Yeah. Because that song was fucking on its way to becoming crazy because that song <laughs> yeah. was everywhere. And it was like saturated, like crazy uh, on the playlist. For yeah. The <laughs> because that song has disappeared in a way. Like you don't yep. hear it all the time anymore. And there's now not, when I, there's no more YouTube covers of it. It's, yeah. it's doing great. You and know? now when I hear it, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. I remember this song fucking was annoying back in the day, but it's a banger. It's good. <laughs> I want a Mr. Blues. I want a song. That's a Mr. Blue sky. We're like it's delightful every time. Renegade by uh sticks. <laughs> yeah. But it's because like in a movie or, or a TV show, whenever they use Mr. Blue sky, I'm not inundated with it, and I'm like, "Oh God damn! Yeah. I forgot how great this song is. God, how bad, how big of a bad motherfucker Jeff Lynn is. <laughs> yeah, he's in a band called Electric Light Orchestra, and they fucking nail it, dog. They're, they're so good. <laughs> yeah, impossibly given it's, the name of their band. It's the same way for me with uh, TNT, but TNT even has disappeared a little bit. TNT when it was on like Tony Hawk 
Yeah. And that song fucking died for me. I never, like, I loved that song. Like, I rode the wave when it happened. And then I was eventually like, you know what? I don't think I ever want to hear that song again in my life. Like, ever, ever. But now I'm not as pissed off when I hear it because I haven't heard it as much lately. But the TNT by... By, oh, by uh, fucking... Uh, uh, ACDC dog okay I wasn't sure if there was a different TNT song no. that I was unaware of uh, yeah my, I have a friend actually who hates ACDC like used to love him yeah. listen to him too much can't do it anymore I I, I am almost on that fucking thing yeah. for those about to rock it's a badass song though and you have like some fun de- like Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap is my favorite yeah, ACDC song, song. It's a good song. And that song never gets overplayed. So then I'll be going somewhere and I'll be like, you know what? It fucking dirty deeds, dude. That's the time. Uh, I'm going to start walking out of places that play You Shook Me All Night Long so it doesn't ruin it for me. Because I like that song. And uh, that is a song that everybody fucking plays. That's another cover band-ass song. Yeah, it is very very much a cover band-ass song. Sweet Child of Mine and uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. If you want some people who you don't think would normally dance to get out there and do it, hit them with those back-to-back. You got grannies hanging yeah. out dancing. Yeah, know? and the thing about the thing that hurts Sweet Child of Mine is it's hard to play on guitar right, correctly, and it's hard right. to sing correctly. But a lot of people go down. You know, they don't they don't sing it like, like Axel does. Um, I don't like Axel's voice. We've had this conversation. I know you're a big G&R guy. Um, uh, <laughs> and... they, they could play... Appetite for destruction at work every day. And I, would never, <laughs> I would never fucking get I bored. I fucking of it. love my job, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, it's Rocket Queen again, bro. <laughs> God is it damn. The, is it the same? Uh, this is inside baseball, but is it the same? Did the did the soundtrack change at all when you changed from the corporate office to the branch that you work in now? Yeah, the one at the branch I work in now is a lot better. Oh shit! But the crazy is just. But crazy is still the there. Right. <laughs> it's still hanging out, right. and it's always. I'll like have to change podcasts or I'll have to do something where I can't have my own <laughs> headphones in. Again, and like that's a, when it comes on. There's yeah. like a minute and a half buffer and crazy song. Yeah. Uh, dude, uh, driving me, driving me adequately driving me crazy. crazy. Yeah. 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 And okay. not you drive me crazy. The Britney Spears song also a banger. It is a banger. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, there was a time when, you know, we wouldn't let ourselves call that a banger. Cause that came out when I was like seven. But um, I'm ready to admit it. It's a fucking banger. Just same thing with "Complicated" by Avril Lavigne. It is a, it's a banger. It's a fucking Lying. really good song. Yeah. Lying to myself. Why? <laughs> yeah, what, what was I doing to myself back then? Yeah. I didn't like. Um, uh, I believe in a thing called love when it first came out. I was wrong. Right. It's big of you to say that. I was wrong. Yeah. But I didn't like it, and now I'm like, what was I doing? Yeah. It's like the best song to come out of that era. Minus. I... Everything on the Black Parade. <laughs> I did. Uh, I had a buddy who was really into, like, I guess you would call it butt rock or like glam, whatever the darkness plays, right? Glam yeah. rock or whatever it is. And he was the one who was like, dude, this darkness album rules. Dude, and yeah. I was like, okay. And so I just bought it at like Target or whatever back whenever Target oddly had really good music <laughs> in their yeah. uh, collection. And I was like, yeah, this album rules. And then it took a while for the darkness to make a second album. Yeah. Uh, and it, my buddy was the only one riding for it then. And we like listened to it in his car and I was like, oh, I don't 
don't think <laughs> I think they I don't think they got it still. Oh really? I haven't yeah. heard the second album. I like Justin Hawkins. He's got a really good YouTube channel. Uh, the, it's the called uh, One Way Ticket to Hell and Back. Dude, well I like the name. <laughs> yeah, I like the name. I might need to revisit it, but it's uh, I was like the the magic might have ran out on this one. I got you know. super mad at ACDC uh, when they put out an album. It's probably like 10 years ago now that it was called Rock or Bust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, how fucking old are you? Well, uh, that's the mi- – what an easy mission to either yeah. rock or bust. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess if we just plug these into the amplifier, that would technically be rock, right? Where <laughs> we've accomplished what we were after. I want to put out an album called Rock and Bust, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, uh, you though. know, go ahead, you know go who ahead. loves ACDC? Who Vince, Mc... Vince McMahon? That's such a Vince McMahon ass fucking thing. Like he, because he he's so weird, weird and unplugged from the world that he just yeah. likes the most basic, like everybody loves him band. You know, <laughs> he couldn't love like he couldn't love ACDC more, and ACDC couldn't be more for Vince. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's like, oh, he's you the guy. Sure I, sure I had big balls. Ha <laughs> ha Yeah, but <laughs> backseat rhythm, girls got rhythm. Hell yeah! <laughs> Knocking me out with those American thighs, Sable. Um, <laughs> so uh, real quick before yeah. we get into it, um, I got I got we mentioned this on the last podcast. I got to hear your thoughts because I'm sure you've listened to it. What do you think of uh, Blink with Tom edging? Um, you know, I, I think it's okay. I gotta tell I you, don't, I don't love it. I fucking love it. I, I've, I've I listened think to it like 15 times. <laughs> I think it's good. Um, uh, the thing that really got me through some of those blink records that I would probably call mediocre is the like Travis drums, like yeah. the weird ass drum patterns that he comes up with. And this is a really sort of basic for him. Uh, drum pattern that he's playing. He's with the Kardashian, so, bro. He's not. He's not the same. Right. No. And like, I like that Tom's back. I like that he's not doing the accent <laughs> as hard. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say he's doing it a little bit. He's doing it yeah, a little bit. He has it, to. I would be bummed if he didn't. It's Blink One Eighty Two. What is he gonna yeah, do? Yeah, but yeah, no, it's good. I'm interested to hear what the rest of it sounds like. Like, yeah, it's a I, good single out. Like, it's a good single. Yeah, and they've because never. Because it is. It, it's very singable and it's very catchy. Yeah, and uh, it's the one thing I. It sounds like they auto tuned Mark a, a little bit. Um, I'm not sure about that. It does seem a little like the the vocals seem really produced, but um, I fucking like it. I I feel like a 15 year old again. Um, yep. I I went and TP'd a house <laughs> the night that yeah. I heard it. Um, but no, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear. Maybe I was gonna like it no matter what. Maybe I'm my brother watching Halloween. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, by the second... way, we've seen Halloween. <laughs> Can't talk about it. No, can't, can't talk about it. But you got to hold it in. I did. I did. I did see it. Tis with a silly my own place. Eyes. Yeah. Um. Second thing, we have to do a quick follow up on. All right. Did you go the full five rounds with the Viper at Magic Mountain? Oh no, I did not ride Viper. Oh, um, bro. <laughs> no, I didn't. Fuck that. Um, my my head was was fine. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I rode a lot of rides. Uh. Their new um, full throttle. It's the second time I've ridden it. It might be the sickest ride they have. Really? It is like you sit in. It was the last ride we rode too. No, we went and rode Ninja again because we got Fast Pass, which is very expensive. I'll tell you this right now. But uh, <laughs> we're we're sitting in the. Uh, so in full throttle, there's no clicky part. 
There's no click, 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 click. Oh. It's just bang. Like, it just yeah. shoots you. And, so, like, uh, Batman. Because Batman's uh, that way. No, it's... Well, Batman might, it, not, Batman might not have a clicky part, but this shoots you out like a bullet. Yeah. Like, like they they literally fuck with you. They're like, three, two, bang! And then they'll, they'll be like... Uh, <laughs> of course. You know, uh, everybody say, ah! And then, everybody, and then yeah. they fucking hit the button, you know? Uh, but... It's supposed. I think it's like the tallest loop in the world. It's like 160 feet, okay, and they shoot cool. you out like a bullet straight into the loop, and they have it timed up, and uh, they have the math right where it like pauses at the top of the loop momentarily, so you're upside oh, down. Oh fuck that! And then it goes down, <laughs> and then I would not enjoy that. And then it, it's dude, it's so sick. And then they go and they do a uh, like a corkscrew, and then they come up, and you're going over the top of the loop now, but they stop okay. halfway up. And they go backwards through the corkscrew, and then they go through the corkscrew again. And then you go over the top of the loop again. And then you're at the beginning. It's a very short ride, but it might be the dopest ride there. Um, I rode uh, Goliath. Goliath was sick. Um, Goliath is probably my favorite ride. Yeah. At Magic Mountain. Yeah, Tatsu was gnarly as shit. I don't remember Tatsu being as scary, and I think I might be. I might be officially 32 now. Um, I don't ride Tatsu. I rode it one time, and it ruined my day. <laughs> Yeah, like it, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything after that. Yeah, and I'm good my, with roller coasters. It, it yeah. fucked my girlfriend girlfriend up pretty good, but she's a trooper and she she recovered yeah. pretty well. But she rode the Lex Luthor ride, um, and I kept fucking Lex Luger has ruined the name Lex Luthor <laughs> for me because I have uh-huh. to think about it now every fucking right. time I say it. But the total uh, package Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Superman the Escape, he yeah. goes whoosh, straight up in the air. They took that. It's still the same apparatus, but it's... Have you seen the Lex Luthor ride? I don't think so. You sit on either side of the tall tower on uh, Superman, and they just fucking take you up 400... I think it's 415 feet in the sky, and then they just free fall, drop you straight to the ground. And um, so it's it like always looks terror, like... kind of. It yeah. always looks like you're going... Yeah, it's like Tower Terror, but like fucking for but you can see on steroids. Yeah, like you can see where you're going. It's and it's probably like twice as tall. Um, because yeah. it's, but it's terrifying, and I refused to ride it, and my girlfriend rode it and had a great time. Yeah. So, um, there's the two only things... one. That, the only one that I won't ride is I won't ride Superman because I don't like not being able to see where I'm going. I always refuse to ride Superman. It wasn't. I don't think it's even there anymore. Um, it, if it was there, it's not operational. I've never ridden it. Never will ride it. Go fuck yourself. Um, I will very unlikely, I'm very unlikely to ever ride Lex Luthor. There's another one called Crazanity, which I, um, one, yeah. I boycotted because it's a stupid name. Right. Stupid name. Um, but it's like one of those things, it's like a circle on a giant pendulum that like swings uh, okay, you yeah, back yeah. and forth like that and the circle spins the whole time. And it like looks fun until like the circle literally goes past parallel and it's swinging people back and forth. I'm just not yeah. fucking into that. Girlfriend wrote it, had a good time. She said it got a little too gnarly at the, at the end there, but yeah. uh, I just won't do it. I have I, I have no pride when it comes to that shit. I, I, then I stood right. in line for a beer for an hour and a half, and uh, there were a bunch of spooky guys uh, fucking waving axes in my face, and guys like, the haunted house is kind of like, I, I really don't give a shit about haunted houses. Like, there's right. no appeal for me for haunted houses whatsoever. I don't, I don't fucking care. Fucking... The cool thing about haunted houses, I like when, um, if you're like me and you don't care about haunted houses, go right behind another couple of people. Yeah. Because the people in front of you will get scared and you get to watch them get scared. And then you get to watch the staff, like the people who came out and scared them, 
like giggle and slowly go back into their corners because they know hey, I got that motherfucker really good. And they yeah. go back to their spot and then they just let you go because they can't scare everybody. They have to basically scare like every other group. So you can right. just watch them with the fourth wall broken down where they're like fixing their hair and like laughing. Um, I was in the line for the bathroom with one of the freaks, with one of the one of the guys that are, he was all he was like psycho circus freaks. Yeah, he was like covered yeah. in blood and like uh, looked looking scary, but he's just checking his watch, standing in line for the bathroom. It's hilarious. That's see, that's where Disneyland beats you. I was gonna Disneyland, say that shit don't happen at Disneyland. No, they don't let you do that shit. Mickey never takes the head off, you know, while he's out while he's out among the people. Um, so that's last really, thing, that's really funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, last yeah. thing, fast pass. So it cost us $130 to go. Jesus. Uh, the ticket was $130. Yeah. Fast pass. $130 a person, by the way. Fast sure. pass. $175 a person. Woo. And um Sorry, I just peaked the audio there. That was not prepared. Yeah, we sp- we sprung. We sprung yeah. for it. Um not only did it cut every ride's weight in half, but also you can. I'm sure people have experienced this. I'm not. Re, they're not reinventing the wheel. But you can like reserve a spot in line from your phone, so yeah. you. It's like, hey, you can get on the ride in 30 minutes. So we go fucking have a bite, whatever, and uh, come back. Come uh-huh. back. It's still yeah. sustaining. Uh, yeah. And and then you just get right on the ride. Basically, sometimes there's like a 10 minute wait, but like it was so much better. So anybody, if you are a sucker. And you go – there's a lot of people who go to theme parks every like once a year or whatever, right? Right. If you go once a year and you don't spring for Fast Pass, go once every other year and get Fast Pass. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because we did the same thing for uh, when we went to Universal. Yeah. The I think the Universal ticket was like 104 bucks a person. And then when we got there – uh, we stood in line for the first ride and it was hot as shit and there were a bunch of people and I had mentioned the fast pass thing to Sarah and she was like how much is that fast pass again yeah <laughs> it was like it's like 85 bucks a person there are four yeah. of us but I was like you know salesman of the year selling it to her like when are we coming back to Universal like if I want to do all the shit let's just do it because it's going to cost, like, ultimately, unless we're coming back <laughs> a bunch, it's worth it to eat the money right now, especially on, like, a special trip or whatever. Because we're not coming back for five years if yeah. we come back, if we ever come back at all. Like, you know, I loved the Simpsons land and I loved all that stuff. Like, am I going back to Simpsons land? I don't know. It's like, hey, shit, it's Moe's again. Moe's not there. Like, it's cool to see all the storefronts <laughs> and shit, but, like, Oh man, it's the, it's the that that broken down plane from uh was it World War Z? No, it's a uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds is pretty dope, but like yeah. you don't have to go see that every year. It's still gonna be there, you know. Right. Um, so that's my point of advice. If you go every year and you don't get fast pass, go every other year, get fast pass, and go to the beach when you would have gone, or do something that doesn't cost as much money because yeah. um it made things so much better bro we would have had to wait in so many lines with and we well and you wouldn't have ridden you wouldn't have got to ride anything yeah like you would have been like you ride eight you get to ride four th- four things instead of everything that you we, want we could have done whatever we wanted and like we were in we had so you still have to wait in line for the haunted houses when you have fast right. pass because it doesn't apply and we were standing there and i'm like man this is how the peasants uh <laughs> Uh, live yeah this yeah. is how they experience this like this is what they did all fucking day you came here and did this all fucking day like 
And I understand if you can't afford it, I get it. I've been in that position in my life. I don't have any right. kids. I, I, my cat died. I don't have to even buy him food anymore. <laughs> sure. So like, yeah, if you can't do it, definitely go to the theme park if you want. But like, yeah, if you're thinking, is it worth the money? It is a hundred percent worth. Yeah, if you're on the fence, fucking do it a hundred percent. And yeah. uh, Six Flags is paying me to say this, and uh, <laughs> Dusty, we're going for free in two weeks. Uh, yeah, they're crazy entities, the best, the craziest ride I've ever ridden. <laughs> if if they played crazy, that's the one appropriate place <laughs> where I will allow Gnarls Barkley. They to paid him to re re record it. Does that yeah. make me crazy, Anity? <laughs> Look, you're gonna tell me that CeeLo doesn't want the is it gonna take my uh, Magic Mountain's I money? It's his name CeeLo Green. His name is yeah. Gnarls Barkley. <laughs> yeah. You think him and Danger Mouse aren't taking the bag if it's offered to him? <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um I my body hurt. I think thirty two is uh my body is starting to go, hey, you really want to fucking do this? Yeah. Uh, Pert near the end of roller coaster time. You'll get thrown around. There were a couple times I got off of roller coasters, and I was like, am I, like, can I walk straight? Like, am I, am I f- <laughs> Welcome to Snark Marks, everybody. We are a wrestling retrospective podcast from the Central Valley of California. I am sorry that my, uh, I'm sure, brilliant thought that I was to- that I was making before the theme song got cut off. I ran out of storage space on my computer, and then I panicked, thinking that we lost the whole intro that I thought was dope. <laughs> Wait, did we get the story about why I'm not welcome at the whole, though I'm not welcome at World Market anymore? No, we don't. Uh, we didn't. Dusty was putting uh, papayas in his wife's purse. Um, <laughs> I thought lost. that it that it was a sort of uh, like a barter market. Yeah, you know? it's a market. It's not a store. Yeah, it's, I thought that it was just you know whatever you could get out uh, get out of there with is a long story. Big misunderstanding. I thought this was for the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, things cost money in the world god oh, man. damn it uh anyway i'm andrew this is dusty um we are uh starting a new lo- well first of all uh subscribe to our goddamn youtube channel hit the bell right and <laughs> click that thumbs up thing you know yeah, smash that like and subscribe button <laughs> whatever whatever you feel is necessary I you think a, a lot of people click our YouTube videos expecting like a like a video video. You know how people do like, yeah, uh, because our our like average time listening is like it's good, but like there's some people that like just uh, turn it off in like 20 seconds. Ah, uh, yes. Once uh, they don't see a moving image, yeah, and they hear my yeah. voice. Uh, I'm sorry, but so uh, yeah, but also follow us on the socials uh, at Snarkmarks Pod on Instagram and Twitter at Snarkmark D is Dusty on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Andrew Idell. I'm also on Twitter. Who cares? Right? All my wrestling takes are at Snark Marks Pod. You can see me talk about a, 
a blatantly cheating referee that we will discuss later. Um, no, he wasn't blatantly cheating. They just didn't know how, a better way to do that spot. But anyway, uh, we've done a lot of deep dives uh, and long form uh, things. And Dusty's been wanting us for a long time to do 1989 NWA. Right, Dusty? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Dude. This is my, like... This might be my this might be my sweet spot. Uh, like yeah, okay. I don't know. What, I just love the NWA. I also love bad NWA. Sometime I'd really like to do 1992 WCW, which is weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's like still holds a special place in my heart. Like this was a fun. I would get it out in front of it. It was a fun show. There's some weird stuff. I have some thoughts. <laughs> But I had a good time watching this show. This was a fun show. Did uh, um, was Pizza Guy running WCW in 1992? Uh, no, Kip Fry slash Bill Watts was running. Wasn't WCW. Bill Watts Pizza Guy? No, Bill Watts is Mid South Wrestling Guy. God damn it! Who's Pizza Guy? What's Pizza Guy's name? Jim Hurd. Oh, okay. Pizza uh, Guy. Short names, you know. Three, yeah. three. Uh, well, I was gonna say three letter first names, but Bill has four letters. Incidentally, I, I just counted in my head. So anyway. Um, so we've got, uh, this is Chi town rumble, 1989. Wonder yep. where this is. It's the one and only Chi town rumble, uh, for in 1989. So is it the only one that they ever did Chi town rumble? Yeah, they, it was like, they had, they had a problem with, uh, branding for a while in the NWA slash WCW. So like it's in Chicago, but it's going out on pay-per-view. So maybe just give it like, that's where that's partially why Vince wins He's you know, WrestleMania has strong branding uh, and you could take it anywhere, mm-hmm. but the Chi town rumble can only be in Chi town. I understand um, why you do like recurring pay-per-views. It's a good business model. It's also like just good for the viewers. Like it's fun to be like, Oh God damn, it's Halloween havoc coming up, you know? Right. But I like one-off pay-per-views. I, I like the like one-off pay-per-view names because you don't have to say the the year. You just say Chi Town Rumble. Um, everybody and knows. People knows. People know. I, I can't say everybody. I go ask my dad. Hey, what the Chi Town Rumble is? <laughs> he probably think it's a baseball brawl from '86. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody beat up Com- Michael Jordan um, <laughs> at Comiskey Park. Yeah. Uh, There's no T in that, by the way. Comiskey. Oh, Comiskey Watch Park. Watch your mouth. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> whatever. White Sox, come get me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. There's, I mean, right off the bat, there's a lot of people in this, uh, in this that I love. A lot of people near and dear to my heart. A couple goats on this show. Yeah. Um, I had the wrong Russian assassin apparently in the first. I thought it was Russian assassin number two. It was Russian assassin number one in the first match, right? Easy mistake to make. Yeah. I thought they but... said number two on the telecast, and I was stoked. And I'll tell you why later, I guess. But um, bummed that it was number one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I, so, and I yeah. tweeted that it was number two. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Just to get the uh, the incidentals out of the way, we are watching uh, the Chi Town Rumble, which took place February twentieth, nineteen eighty nine, at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the attendance was eight thousand people, and uh, this is a raucous eight thousand people. I would have to say. They were stoked for an awful lot of this show. Yeah, they were ready to burn the chairs. Yeah. Um, some housekeeping here. The NWA, uh, or Jim Crockett promotion, more uh, accurately, was purchased 
by Ted Turner and renamed WCW on November 21st, 1988. So this is the, depending on when Starcade was that year, this is either the first or the second uh, WCW pay-per-view that is ran. And our guy, Jim Hurd, is in charge of WCW at this point. Uh, but the booker is a guy named George Scott, who's famous for his run in the early 80s in the WWF, working with Vince, and he had been in wrestling a lot longer than that, had worked for Jim Crockett promotions before, and had been brought back uh, to help run things in 1989. But Ric Flair is also the guy who advocates to bring Ricky Steamboat in to do this program with him because Flair is kind of booking the world title situation uh, because he's the champ. That'd be so sick. You're the champ, <laughs> you get to, you're the champ and you get to be like, yeah, I want to wrestle that fucking guy. Yeah, that was essentially it. He was like, because uh, later in 1989, there's another guy that comes in uh, that I think you're really going to enjoy that Flair wants to have a feud with. And so Flair's basically calling his own shots in the world title. But at this time, George Scott is technically the booker. And this is what I'm telling you. I'm I'm intentionally kind of staying away from what happens in the future. Right. Because, like, I didn't know who won the Flair Steamboat match before, until I watched it. Right. right. And I, I want it to stay that way as much as it can. Um, yep. So if there's any, like, fill-in stuff, like, hey, after this, this happens, all that, uh, make sure you only tell me what happens before the next show we watch. Gotcha. If possible. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is um, head, Headlocks the musical, right? A... <laughs> yeah, there's an awful lot of Headlocks. The theme uh, from Stranger Things oh, welcomes us to, to, the, <laughs> to the show. A lot of synth. A lot maybe, of synth. Uh, a... As the interstitials here. And so uh, when, when Paul E. and Cornette, when they all come out, yeah. Are those overdubbed songs that they couldn't use their walkout songs, or is that what they walked out to? I believe that is the actual music. Goddamn. They walked yeah. out to just like this party synth fucking like 80s <laughs> yeah. club music. Oh, the Midnight Express theme is uh, like famous for being like one of the better uh, wrestling theme songs. Goddamn it, I love Bobby Eaton, but that's later yeah. in the show too. Anyway. Uh, our announcers here are Jim Ross and Magnum TA. I don't know if you've ran across Magnum TA yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I have. And uh, you'd know that mullet anywhere. He's, he's an interesting it's, character. Uh, uh, he was a wrestler, and he was primed to basically become the next big babyface after Dusty Rhodes, because he was like Dusty's protege, and he had had a, a feud with Flair, and he had one of the best uh, wrestling matches of all time with Tully Tell- with totally Blanchard and I Quit match at Starcade. And then he got into a motorcycle accident and like legitimately almost died and had to retire. That sucks. Yeah. So like he was the next guy and he got into that accident and had to retire, was lucky to have lived, but couldn't wrestle anymore. And I, I, I just don't like the name, man. Like (laughs) it's, it's the same thing as Paul, Paul E. Dangerously. Like you just take a name from a thing and you just slightly change it. Right. Like, right. Because Magnum PI, I'm sure, existed before this, right? Yes, and he kind of has a Tom Selleck-y <laughs> I, and thing I get that. he's got the mustache. Uh, yeah. But do call yourself something else, Magnum TA. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the I want to get your thoughts because I think this might be the oldest NWA show that we've watched all the way through. 
Uh, what do you? How do you feel about the aesthetic? Oh, dude, I fucking love it. I yep. like. I I have dreamed recently, <laughs> not for years, but recently, of starting a wrestling promotion where I use old cameras. Oh, okay. I like this old. It looks a lot more epic than the polished like a million different camera angles and they're doing the WWE thing where they're moving the camera for every punch and like all that horse shit. Like, yeah. I don't need the pyro. For, I don't need the, like, if I go to a show, yeah, I'd be sick to see that stuff, right? right. But like on TV, I like this understated, um, it wasn't understated at the time, I'm sure, but like, I like this where it's it's a lot more intimate, the crowd's right on top of you, um, the barriers aren't, like there's hardly any barriers, like metal poles, you know? Um, yeah. I love it, man. I'm a huge fan of this stuff. Uh, we open the show with some montage of like the various NWA stars set again to uh, Stranger Things synth music, uh, and then Bob Cottle, who's our interviewer for the evening, is catching up with Michael Hayes, and this white hot babyface Michael Hayes, who is coked out of his mind like he he essentially they do a rundown of the card at the top jim ross and magnum ta do and then they go to michael hayes and he essentially does the vince mcmahon uh rundown of the same card he's like man i'm wrestling tonight but man we got the road warriors taking on the varsity club god damn <laughs> it's like yeah yeah was, real real screamy michael hayes and he is running down he's just putting the whole card over which yeah. uh I love, I love, I'm a big Michael Hayes guy then. Seems like kind of a tool bag now, but he's probably a tool bag then, but I like the character. Um, sure. Did you notice that they censored when he shed, said Chicago? I did not, no. They, I mute, I rewound it to make sure this happened. You know how they don't beep things, they just mute? Yeah. He said Chicago, Illinois. I watched his mouth. And they muted Chicago, Illinois. So I was wondering, but this is babyface Michael Hayes, so I doubt he did. I was wondering, did he say shit Chicago uh, or something? I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't know, know why, why like, you can't say Chicago on Peacock, but yeah. they 100% muted his mic on, Pe on when he said Chicago. I didn't get it. but um, Maybe when the people watch it now, they don't want him to feel alienated. CM you know? Punk charges uh, them every time they say Chicago. This is only for Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Hayes comes out two things. One, Michael Hayes's little bouncy oh, prance that he does to the ring in his robe, timeless. You can't That's... get better than that. And I don't know why. <laughs> like I was practicing it earlier. Like yeah. and I f I feel like he developed this because um he was trying to be a bird. Like the free yeah, birds. It's, it's a lot of wrist action. It's almost like he's like like kind of daintily flapping his wings a little yeah. bit. And it evolved into just like the back of his palms facing forward as he walks yeah. out. But it's – I don't know why I love it so much. But it's like one of my favorite things in wrestling is watching Michael Hayes prance his way to the fucking ring. And Bad Street USA, an all-time banger. That, oh, 100%. It rules. And, he's, and he's like singing it when he's like when yeah. he, he's on the he's on the ring post and he's like mouthing the words. And I wrote I wrote uh, I wonder who's gonna win this one. The guy they interviewed to put the whole card over and who got the only televised intro or Russian assassin number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is Michael P. S. Hayes versus Russian assassin number one with his manager Paul Jones. Uh, Michael Hayes as a white meat fiery baby face jim ross says red white and blue runs literally runs through his veins <laughs> literally 
<laughs> no, it doesn't, Jim. <laughs> no, it doesn't. God damn it, Jim Ross. <laughs> uh, I Paul Jones is a is a famous manager. He he was a manager in Memphis. Uh, he had Paul Jones Army and all these different promotions that he went to, which was just a bunch of the sort of mid card heels. Uh, and he also ran against Jerry Lawler when Lawler was a babyface. Uh, he looks like he's the coach of a Division One basketball team. Like I could very easily see him on the Indiana sideline talking about uh, pick and rolls. Yeah, you know? yeah, grungy yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, the crowd is huge into Michael Hayes here, and it's like, oh, he's over. <laughs> yeah, the a lot of it is like you said, it's a lot of headlocks and working holds and a little bit of fiery babyface spots coming back. But this match is. Uh, early in this show, the, the the show suffers from this match is too long for what it needs to be doing. It is too long. Yeah. Uh, there is. But it's, but it's not bad. Like, no, and, this was it not has a an ton excruciating of match at all. No, it has a ton of heat. Like, <laughs> and Michael Hayes, Hayes, he does the thing. We talked about it with uh, Macho Man recently. And I think it was when Macho Man got married. Uh, but. You know how Macho Man does the thing where he looks left and right at the crowd? Yeah. And that's always gets the the crowd is always every time any baby face does that, the crowd's like, Whoa, whoa fuck yeah. Like they're just yeah. like and yeah. so he, he would he kept getting Russian assassin in a in a headlock and he would just look back and forth at the crowd, like, What do I do next? What do I do next? And <laughs> keep they, headlocking him, right? Yeah, what's that's... going on? Yeah. Uh so out of a back body drop. Michael Hayes reverses, hits a DDT, uh, and that's the finish. 15 minutes, 48 seconds. This got a star star and a half. I like the DDT still being a strong finisher. It's one of the things I like about 1989. The Russian assassin's dead. Like, I completely (laughs) agree. He's good enough. I completely agree. I, 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 it's kind of a bummer that the DDT is not a protected finisher anymore. We've talked about ad nauseum the natural processes that wrestling's going to go through. You start doing things too much and it stops being as, as big. Uh, but I love the D I mean, you're bouncing a dude's head off the ground in essence, in theory, right. you're not actually doing it, but like that would hurt like shit. Yeah. It's very believable as a finisher because I could believe if I grabbed you by the, by the head and dropped you onto the ground, you know, it would, it would certainly daze you for three seconds at the very least. I'd shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Be. Uh, I'd do that without the DDT, but I'd, I'd do it quicker. <laughs> with the DDT, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you notice the referee counting technique in this match? It is very dainty. Bro, you couldn't even <laughs> see it. I was like, is yeah. he counting? Because he is like, he was going like like uh, like maybe six, six, maybe a foot off the ground. Yeah, but it was just like one, two, two and a half. There's okay. some, there's some weird ass fucking referee shit in this in this whole thing. Yeah. NWA referees. It was the Wild West back then, man. So we go backstage, and Ricky Steamboat is with his wife and his son, his chunky, chunky baby. Uh, it's, it's a chunky baby. Who wants that microphone so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steamboat is talking about how him and Flair are different, you see, because Flair's out every night chasing women and chasing fame and chasing money, and Ricky Steamboat's at home with the family unit. And that's how he's going to win tonight is uh, the va- the power of family. And he does take the time to put over Flair as a great champion. But then he's like, you know, I'm going to win tonight. I'm going to do it for my family. I I have some thoughts. They're the same thoughts Ric Flair always had, which was, 
Ricky Steamboat sounds like a nerd, and Ric Flair sounds like the coolest fucking dude in the world, <laughs> comparatively. Also very interesting. Uh, you remember how I asked, used to ask you, guess how many times this person's been married, right? Yes. We'll do, we'll do a game. Who's been married more times? Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Uh, I believe it is Ric Flair. So Ric Flair's been married five times. Yeah. Leslie Goodman, Elizabeth Rell, Tiffany... I'm not going to name all of them. Yeah. Five, that's too many. Five times, right? Yeah. Ricky Steamboat has been married five times. I thought that he had only been married three times. This was okay. his. This was his third wife <laughs> that was on the thing when he was talking about the sanctity of the union of family. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not an anti-divorce guy, right? Right. Maybe Ricky Steamboat loves family so much he collected them, right? Right. But well, also there's no Wikipedia for Ricky Steamboat. This is a that's true. Nobody you knows. Could just leave your family and start a new family yeah, somewhere else. Time that is true. You know? his, his, his other two wives don't know where he is. Uh, yeah, it's two states over. No, you were where you were married to Richard Steamboat. I'm Rick Steamboat. I'm not gonna. I didn't change my name to Blood for nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ricky Steamboat, five ch- five wives, one child. I don't yeah. know how much this guy likes family. <laughs> <laughs> and that one baby, this chunky chunky baby. As yeah, as one as one kid is Richie Steamboat, real fucking clever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it Richie and- Blood? Hold on, let me look it up. Richard Blood, yeah. <laughs> yep. The, not even Richard Blood the second, just Richard Blood. Oh wait, no, yeah, he is. So, uh, yeah, Richard, he's also Dick Blood. He's yeah. Also Dick Blood. <laughs> little, uh, but uh, here, just a chunky baby who wants just that a, microphone. Just a chunky little Dick Blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> next, we got Sting. Sting <laughs> versus Sorry. Hacksaw Butch Reed, and this is like real early Sting. Uh, straight up surfer sting with the fluorescent tights and the early face paint. And uh, even still, he's over like shit. People love sting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, hold on. I, I had a funny note, so I got to bring it up. During the uh, Steamboat promo, Yeah, he's like, I'm not OJ Simpson going after Jim Brown. <laughs> he should have said, but it, it hadn't happened yet. Yeah. I'm not OJ Simpson going after Jim Brown. I'm OJ Simpson going after Nicole Brown. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> if I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm fucking. I that is that is a Commissioner Idell line. <laughs> if you've ever had one, if I've ever had one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, her last name's Brown too. I have to mention this. There it is. It's, uh... <laughs> so, is staying the epitome? Is he Zach Morris incarnate at this point? Like, yeah. He kind of looks like he goes to he could go to Bayside High. Nebraska ass fucking yeah. Sting Steve isn't that his name Steve? Yeah, uh, yeah. And was he really only three years into wrestling? Yes, that was, that's uh, impressive. That's yeah, impressive. he's he's doing great. He needs to get rid of the rat tail at the end of his. Honestly, uh, I fucking like it. It's a fucking blonde flat top with a rat tail, bro. It's the eighties. Live a little bit. Oh man! If he had it's it now, a, it'd be a problem. It's a rough look. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Jim Ross is really selling like we're the NWA. We wrestle. Well, I don't know what other thing you watch, uh, but here 
we're wrestling. And he even takes a cheap shot at the Ultimate Warrior where he's like, you know, he broke into the business as a tag team. And I'd have to say that uh, since coming to the NWA, he's far superior to the to the guy he used to be in that team with. Yeah. All right. All right, Jim Ross. Well, I mean, he is better than the. Uh... It's true. Well, what does Jim Ross say about AEW? Do they wrestle at AEW? You know? anyway. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Butch Reed is addicted to cheating. <laughs> he loves it, dude. He can't stop cheating. Even when he doesn't yeah. need to cheat, the man cheats. I well, but uh, to be fair, Sting is also biting Butch Reed's hand. Who cares, this, bro? Uh, yeah, which is an odd babyface move to bite. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta go after somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, like, this is this is this is the first offense of the crazy blind referees yeah. in NWA. Butch Reed cheats so many times with that referee, just like like very clearly like. Uh, uh, looking in another direction. <laughs> yeah. The abdominal stretch, the classic, uh, put the guy in the abdominal stretch and then grab the rope yeah. for extra leverage. And my favorite move is whenever the referee asks the crowd if yeah. the if the heel is grabbing the rope, and they're like, "Yes, you fool!" And then he's like, "Well, I, you know, I can only call what I see here, people." <laughs> and he's asking, why ask? <laughs> he's turning away from the action to ask the crowd and allowing further cheating. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, there are times where I'm like, I enjoy Butch Reed. His offense in this match is so boring. It's, it's all like holds. they don't. So we can. Cheat. Yeah, they're just he's just holding Sting down. And there's another part where there, Butch Reed was like leaning on the ropes, uh, to to do a pin, and uh, or he had him in a submission. I can't remember. He, he cheated so many goddamn times in this match. But the referee like finally notices, and you audibly you hear the referee go, "Hey, wait a minute!" <laughs> <laughs> that referee, young Teddy Long. So well, Teddy Long's the blindest. Mother. This he's he's the guy. He's the biggest offender in this whole thing. Uh, yeah, he's 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 because he's the microtunda versus Rick Steiner uh, <laughs> ref, and he misses some cheating on that one too. Yeah, he's uh, also by the by the middle of next year, he is. The manager of Doom, which is uh, Butch Reed and Ron Simmons' tag team. So fuck yeah, fuck yeah. They, that's, that's quite a tag team, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so the end of this match is the Butch Reed blocks the sunset flip that Sting does and is trying to grab the ropes to get a pin and cheat, and Teddy Long kicks his hand, and that allows Sting to complete the sunset flip and get the pin again. This match too long. Uh, 20 minutes, seven seconds, and this got half a star. And then after the match, it seemed like uh, Sting and Butch Reed were throwing some heavy hands at each other until Sting finally hits him and knocks Reed out of the ring. It was good brawling. I liked it. It, yeah. was, it was good, like, heel mad that he lost, even though he cheated a million times and, like, couldn't get over it. And so they fought. I, I was I was like, fuck, this, this match was 20 minutes long. You can't have another fight. But they did it briefly. <laughs> they were rolling around. Sting got into full mount at one point. Yeah. Pretty big advantage. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> sure. I don't know if you watch fighting, but uh, yeah, they were there. They it was good. It was good. And then Butch Reed fucked off, got out of there. Uh, yeah. So next up we have young mulleted Paul E. Dangerously. <laughs> and he's here with Randy Rose and Jack Victory for a loser leaves the NWA six man tag match, uh, which is the original Midnight Express 
with Polly versus the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. And essentially, uh, Paul Heyman has to cover for the fact that Dennis Condry isn't there <laughs> because uh, Dennis just fucked off and went back to the AWA and they're like, well, I brought in Jack victory. Cause guess what? You know, Dennis Condry, you've, you've wrestled Dennis Condry. You've rode with Dennis Condry. You don't know shit about Jack victory. <laughs> and it's like, well, nobody does. I don't care about Jack victory. <laughs> and, I, and, I got, I got to admit, I bought this. I didn't know the, the Dennis Condry thing. So I was like, Oh shit. They did it like a little weird angle to this, you know? But then yeah, I assumed, a- Oh, they don't want Jeff Jeff uh, Con. They don't want they don't want Dennis Condry to have to leave the NWA if he loses his match. So they got him out of the match, you know. Well, Dennis didn't want to leave the NWA by losing the match. Yeah. So he was like, "I'm out of here," and uh, they uh, and then Cornette with the with I don't know the current Midnight Express, I guess. Uh, also cuts a pretty good promo. And they're like, yeah, we knew Dennis Condry, but we don't care. Like, we want to stay. And uh, you think that you could, you know, pull a double cross on us. We're going to kick your ass. Yeah, but Cornette played it off pretty well. He was like, we we knew Dennis Condry. We trained for Dennis Condry. And for you to pull something like this just because you're afraid, like all that is, is yeah. a pretty good promo. Uh, I <laughs> I liked this match quite a bit. and Me too. But when it. you watch it, you're like, oh, the Jim Cornette Midnight Express is clearly the better team. <laughs> it's like so much, it's not even close. Like, okay. I mean, it's it's not Randy Rose and Jack Victory's fault. They're not a team. So, you know, it, if if the original Midnight had been the opponents, which was what the plan was, then maybe this is a, a different thing. Holy uh, shit. Okay, so Randy Rose... Oh God, I can't believe this. Uh, so I I thought they kept saying Randy Rhodes, and I was going to make yeah. the, you know, the, the Black Sabbath joke. But... Sure. I wrote in my thing, Randy Rose looks like he's 60 goddamn years old. Um, <laughs> he was 33. <laughs> yeah. How Look, those are, those are hard years, dude. Those are that hard is. years, bro. <laughs> he's a year older than me. Yeah. Also, uh, I hate to do it to you. Uh, Randy Rhodes not in Black Sabbath. Randy Rhodes wasn't in Black Sabbath? Was he just no, Ozzy? He played, yeah, he played guitar oh, for Ozzy. It's the same shit. I don't care. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> He played on Mr. Crowley, dude, and fucking Crazy Train. That's a, so that's, a, that's a sick song, but I don't, I don't care what band he was in. Poor guy. Yeah. Didn't he? Oh, did he die in a plane plane crash. Yes. Uh, one of the sillier. I mean, not silly because someone died, but like the lead, the whole the whole lead up to that story is like, well, what did you? What did, what was the best case scenario you thought <laughs> would happen? You just found some dude in the in like the middle of nowhere that had a plane. And they tried to land it on the tour bus. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, Play stupid games, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult, though, because Randy Rhodes is a fucking ace guitar player. He's very good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good. So, no, I didn't know what band he was in. I, I like this uh, tag team match because we got one in-shape guy on each team, and then we got one, like, thick guy on each team. And I like the the symmetry of that. So Mr. Like, uh, Victory, what's his name? Jack, Jack Victory. Victory. He looks like yeah. he smells bad. Um, <laughs> but it's and, like Bobby Bobby Eaton is maybe the most athletic, doesn't look like he's in shape dude I've ever seen. He just looks like a dude. And then he's like pulling a drop kick off the top rope. And you're Jesus Christ. Dude, that Bobby drop Eaton. kick off the top, top rope was sick. And 
Yeah. Honestly, I think Stan Lane should have replaced Lex Luger and had Lex Luger Lex Luger's career. Yeah, yeah Stan Lane's good, and he's and in he, he's in good shape. He kind of looks he, like Lex Luger. I yeah. think he, I think he could have done it. I think he's better than Lex Luger. Um, anyway, but uh, I the the reason that I was pissed that it wasn't Russian Assassin number two in the first match is because Russian Assassin number two. Do you know who Russian Assassin number two is? I don't think I do. It's Jack Victory. So I thought, <laughs> ah, I thought Jack Victory was in both of these matches. Right, right. That's uh, no, <laughs> that's really funny. No, I the, at the last second they were like, shit, we need a guy for this tag match. Yeah, so I thought they were like, fuck it. They got the <laughs> oh. Russian assassin number one, and number two has a fucking mask on. They don't, they won't know it's the same guy. Yeah, so, that's anyway. there's a funny story of uh. Mick Foley working two matches on one show, uh, one time under a mask, and he's like, "They're gonna know it's me." He's like, no. <laughs> "You put a mask on me, I still look like me. I'm still it's... hunched over and fucking weird." <laughs> yeah, and the and the uh, the promoter guy's like, "But Jack, you're gonna be under a mask." And he's like, "Oh, oh okay." It's like face off. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> This this one goes to eleven. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so the whole the whole story of this match is Paulie wants or Jim Cornette wants Paulie wants to get revenge on Paulie for attacking him and busting him open with his big giant cell phone. So at the end of the match, uh, they force a tag to Paulie, and then Cornette comes in, and the crowd is like again ravenous to see Cornette beat up Polly dangerously. Like they're oh, super into this. And Paul was doing a great job when he wasn't in the match of riling up the crowd. They hated <laughs> Polly dangerously. Yeah. He just kept turning around and yelling, shut the hell up to people in the crowd. <laughs> and they were booing him. They were chanting Paul E suck or dangerously sucks or something like that. Yeah. Paul E sucks. And, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Jim Cornette be like a fucking baby face. Everybody loves him. Super stoked oh. for him to be in there. The last time, white. the last time everybody loved Jim Cornette. Yeah, full, a full white meat baby face, Jim yeah. Cornette. Uh, the end of this match, Midnight Express hit the flapjack on Randy Rose and then get the pin on him in 15 minutes, 51 seconds. This gets three and a quarter stars, and Randy Rose is gone from the NWA. Uh, and again, apparently Jim Hurd hated the Midnight Express. Only people that he hated worse than the Midnight Express, the original Midnight Express. So, <laughs> so these guys uh, started a tag team called the original Midnight Express because they had Dennis Condry. And... Yeah, so Randy Rose. <laughs> well, Randy Rose was in a version of the Midnight Express, I believe, with Dennis Condry before Bobby Eaton joined. Oh, and, okay, okay. So that makes yeah, more sense. And they were, they were doing it in trolls. They were doing it in the AWA with Paul E managing them. And then Cornette came up with the idea of doing a uh, original versus new midnight express uh, storyline. And that's why they came in for this, but the loser leaves town match wasn't originally the plan. That was like a stipulation that was added at the last second. They did a really good job of um, getting the managers in like teasing it. Cause at first like Cornette wants Paul E in, um, Cornette's in the ring and uh, they send in, was it Randy Rose first? Yeah. And then, and then Cornette just runs and tags in. And then later on Cornette comes in and he's trying to get Paul and uh, he runs and he, and uh, Paul doesn't tag in, but he runs and still attacks Paul anyway. He's the legal man. 
And um, I think Randy Rose comes in and just beats the shit out of Cornette and then tags Paul E. And Paul E. comes in and kicks, kicks Cornette a bunch of times. Cornette finally gets out, like, but with a rolling, rolling tag, which was pretty sick. Um, and then eventually they both get in at the same time. Like, I think, um, I think um, uh, Bobby Eaton gets a hold of um, Paul E. when Paul E. is the legal man and then beats him up a little bit and then tags in Cornette and Cornette gets in. And Cornette, I got to admit, Throws really good worked punches. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how good, I don't know how worked the punches were. Uh, they looked yeah. like, they looked very similar. I mean, obviously Bobby Eaton throws better ones in Stan Lane, but they, you know how they, you throw the punch kind of to the neck. Yeah. They looked very similar to that. They weren't as good. And uh, one, at least one of them missed by like a foot, you know, but yeah. he looked like he was throwing, like they were believable wrestling punches. Like, I don't know if he was actually cracking him or not, but. It, they were. I was. I was impressed with, and Cornette bumped pretty well too. Yeah, he takes good bumps, and he like they kept it short with the managers and mostly let the wrestlers yeah. tell the story, which is the good thing. And you could get real heat by having you know Jack Victory or Randy Rose do offense on Jim Cornette because people are like, you know, that's not fair. Jim Cornette's not a wrestler. Yeah, you he's know, a mama's like, boy. Yeah, you build the the sympathy for him that way, and then at the end, of course, you give people what they want, but they don't want to get rid of Paulie, and so they take had to have Randy Rose take the fall. So it was the guy who. Oh, I thought the whole team had to leave. So the whole, the guy who took the fall it was the Just only the person guy who gets to... pinned. Yeah. Oh, Randy Rose was the fucking the the sacrificial lamb. Uh, do you yeah. know what he did after this? I believe he went back to the AWA, uh, and uh, Heyman sticks around and actually pairs up with uh, some other teams later in the year. So I know that Cornette and Paul E had a match, a singles match. Yes. And I thought that was this. Cause I didn't know, like right at the beginning, um, I didn't know until they started like interviewing the teams that it was a tag team match. So I was like, I remember the story. It was like Jim Cornette had just blown out his knee or something. And like, there's like, yeah. a whole big thing about that. Um, so I was watching for that at first and I was like, oh shit, this is a whole different match. Um, I'd like to see the actual singles match between the two. I'm sure it's not very good. Like I say, I, I'm complimenting Jim Cornette as a, as a wrestler, um, in this, but it was because he was used sparingly. I'm sure he's not going to have a five-star match against somebody. You know what I mean? Right. Paul E sucks. Great... <laughs> got great news for you, Andrew. Are we watching it? We'll get to watch it. Fuck that yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, so then we go backstage. Bob Cottle is with Ric Flair and his advisor, Hiro Matsuda. And uh, Flair says he's the best thing going to, today and calls himself the Golden Stallion. And then he tells Steamboat that it's gut check time. And then in the midst of his promo, he says Chicago's going to be on fire tonight. <laughs> like, all right, man. <laughs> like, maybe don't, maybe don't reference the greatest tragedy in the city's history uh, for your wrestling It'd promo. It's been a while, right? Um, I, I am Ric Flair, man. I'm uh, starting to, starting to get it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's begrudgingly. He's pretty good. He might be up there with Spike Dudley. It's pretty good. I think I think he's like I'm 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 compiling a list of goats. Dusty. <laughs> right. And uh, the three real ones are like Bret Hart, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, right? Sure. But Spike Dudley. <laughs> Spike, I mean, he's captured the hearts of millions, but yeah. um yeah, I I we've talked um so Ric Flair was 40 at this time. Yeah. 
I want to see 30 year old Ric Flair. Does that footage exist? Uh, yes. We well, we could see. I want to like, see like prime. Is like prime prime Ric Flair. You know. This is it, actually. Really. 89, 89, he has a crazy run. I mean, he's got four or five star matches in 1989 that we're going to watch. Well, I would like to see young guy Ric Flair, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, Young guy Ric Flair kind of looks weird, like real young Ric Flair. Does he have the alfalfa weird part haircut? No, his face, like, he's more more bulky. Like, his face face looks different. I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, Next up, we got your friend and mine. Personal favorite, one of the goats, Dogface Gremlin Rick Steiner. Oh man, who is the television champion taking on Mike Rotunda of the Varsity Club, also known as IRS, also known as Bray Wyatt's dad. So hey, Bo Dallas's dad, watch your mouth. Also, Bo Dallas's dad. So Rick Steiner was sort of the aloof uh, friend of the Varsity Club whenever he first came into the NWA because he has a legit wrestling background he was part of their team uh and then they kicked him out and so now he's gonna kick rick steiner fucking (laughs) motherfucker who's what are all these people getting rid of rick steiner for (laughs) biggest mistake of their lives um at the beginning there's some sort of like weird schmutz on the camera (laughs) that i the whole thing i'm wondering and uh, i'm glad you brought this up i'm wondering if nwa intentionally put some blood on their camera lenses because there are multiple camera angles throughout this whole show that have little blood specks on them. And then when they show the, uh, Ricky steamboat versus Ric Flair, uh, kind of brawl where he's taking all Ric Flair's clothes off before Ric Flair's before the match. Right. Yeah. There's blood on that camera lens. I'm wondering if to like, pump up the realness a little bit. They had somebody like every once in a while spreckle a little blood on the camera lens. I think it might just be their, their matches had a lot of blood. I'm a conspiracy so, theorist, Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to get to the real, the bottom of it. I bet know? it's true. Um, I'm going to write is, the corny drive through and see what they say. <laughs> this is also uh, like kooky Rick Steiner. Like every once in a while, he'll look like he sees like a moth. Yeah, he's like swatting imaginary flies. Yeah. Did you see they cut to the guy in the crowd that did it too? Yeah. They cut to the guy in a cr- they cut to a guy in the crowd who looks like the guy who runs the Jiffy Lube and he's he's wearing a, <laughs> a Michigan shirt and he's barking and then he just starts swatting flies above yeah. his head. But Steiner is over. He's a huge baby face. Yeah, here. the crowd loves him. Uh and him and Rotunda have like a really good sort of amateur style wrestling match. And they they work it really well to the point where like whenever Rick Steiner finally hits a Steiner line on Rotunda, the crowd pops huge. Yeah, and like I I enjoyed a lot of the psychology in this match where it seemed like they would they were really trying to show who's the better amateur athlete and then work in like the pro wrestling moves. Uh, Completely agree. Yeah, and I enjoyed a lot of that. So uh, then oh we got Young. <laughs> Uh, acid wash jeans, mulleted Scott Steiner on the outside, uh, watching his brother's back here. Yeah, and there, there's a part where they're doing the the, the abdominal stretch, yeah. and uh, Mike Rotunda is cheating because everybody cheats in this goddamn organization. Yep. And um, the referee. <laughs> so 
it's there's an angle where Scott Steiner is like basically your point of view. Like he is he is right in front of the camera. You see the back of his head watching what's going on. Right up against the ropes, it's the same ropes that were there that um, they're in the abdominal stretch, and Microtunda is. Well, it's an abdominal stretch that this is happening, right? And Microtunda's yeah. cheating, and the referee <laughs> keeps Scott Steiner will be like, he's grabbing the ropes, and the referee <laughs> will, will like come out from behind uh, the action and be like, what? And he'll start looking, and then he'll look at Microtunda and go, were you grabbing the ropes? And Microtunda will be like, no. So he goes right back to where he was, to where he can't see <laughs> Microtunda yeah. grabbing the ropes anymore. It happened like four times. It's uh, they they used to say like. The referee has to call whatever he sees, so he has to put himself in situations where he can't see what's happening. But then, it, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it looks yeah. silly. It looks silly because he keeps doing it. Like yeah. if if he keeps telling you that he's cheating, just stand a foot to the left. Yeah. You'll be able to see what you're looking at, <laughs> and you'll be able to see if he's cheating. Yeah, like turn towards the back so you can see the ropes and both wrestlers <laughs> yeah. at the same time. You don't have to look at Rick Steiner's back. There's no yeah. reason to. <laughs> It's like whenever you get like a neck cramp and you can only move your neck, like yeah. you know the the range of motion's very, more limited than normal. I kept like, thinking, it, I kept I kept relating it to uh, uh, it must have been the wind. Uh, NPCs in in video games that like yeah. like you make a noise and they're like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, they go look for a little bit and then they just go right back to what they were doing. Yeah, or like I used to play this Batman Arkham Asylum game. And they're like stealth missions. And sometimes if you didn't do something stealthily enough, you have to go hide in the rafters for a while. And then they'll just forget the goddamn Batman <laughs> yeah. is there. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right, well, he probably went home. He got bored. <laughs> and then I, then I swooped down. Yeah. Vengeance. Thwarted. Uh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Steiner then gets attacked by Kevin Sullivan, who comes out to distract uh, and he gets busted open somewhere in the middle of this, just on the corner of his eye. Uh, but then he gets back in the ring. No, I don't slap... think Kevin Sullivan doesn't attack him, does he? Or he no, Rotunda, I guess Rotunda attacks him. No, Kevin Sullivan comes out. So <laughs> they're wrestling. Yeah. And then Kevin Sullivan is just now he's he wasn't nobody had even mentioned him at all. He hasn't shown up or anything. He's just now right next to the ring with a microphone, and he goes, Steiner! No. <laughs> yeah. It's a mighty nice dog you got that back there. And then he fucking walks away. Yeah. So Scott's like, uh, so uh, Rick's like, he fucking, <laughs> he gets out of the ring, and he starts walking towards uh, uh, Sullivan, and the referee starts counting him out. And so Rick Steiner, because he's a, an adorable, innocent little boy, is like looking at the referee, and he keeps going, my dog, like he's, <laughs> he's throwing my dog, dog back there, yeah. And um, so he like he like uh, uh, begrudgingly gets back into the ring, and uh, he's like obviously distracted. Like he's not even yeah. fighting back. Microtunda is just beating the shit out of him, <laughs> like throwing him against the ropes and shit. And he's just like looking off into the middle distance because he's just thinking about his dog getting fucking ass ass assaulted by Kevin Sullivan in the back. And but it's very clear what you do. If you have to finish the match, that's fine. Your brother Scott <laughs> said Scott is yeah. right there. Just send Scott. Hey, hey Scott, go check on my dog while I fight Microtunda. Well, I'll probably our dog. Go check on our dog. Yeah, very much <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, the end of this match, Steiner eventually fights back, slaps on a sleeper, and then uh, like falls to his back. So he's got both hooks in on Rotunda. 
but he's laying but he's laying on his back and the ref counts the shoulders of Rick Steiner down while Mike Rotunda is essentially passed out and awards Mike Rotunda the world television title in 16 minutes 21 seconds uh, and this got a star and a half a bizarre finish to this match I mean I guess you don't want to beat Rick Steiner straight up but it's a weird thing to have him look like to have him look stupid by getting pinned by himself so well, he was distracted dusty right his dog um, his dog his little doggy boy um yeah, yeah the the because we've seen this finish before and i'm sure it's been it hasn't been done a million times but it's been done before where somebody's got somebody in a in a submission but their shoulders are on the ground and they get pinned while they have the other person in the submission you know yeah um it's always kind of flaccid when that happens because the, the the crowd doesn't exactly know what's happening yeah. Um. So yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It was a. It was. It was a fun match. I love the dog face gremlin. Fuck Kevin Sullivan. It's on site with him. Um. All my homies hate Kevin Sullivan. And yeah. um. Fuck yeah, you and the click you claim. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh. I was gonna say the sickle cell line, but there's words in that I can't say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah. I. I. It, it, I love Rick Steiner to death, and it. 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 It hurt me to see him. Uh. Uh, wronged like this. I hope the dog's fine. The dog's dead now. I mean, this is 30 years ago, but sure. I hope the dog lived a long, happy life. <laughs> That's something that I heard one time. Uh, I don't know if you know the sweater song music video that yeah. Weezer did, where there's all the dogs oh, running. All those dogs are dead end. now. Yeah, and somebody was just like, "Oh man, I bet all those dogs are dead." And I, was like, I didn't need to know that. I, 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 I guess I know it intellectually if I think about it, but I don't want to know it. My brother, my brother has said this before, and I this happens to me. This exact same thing happens to me anytime I'm watching a movie and I see a dog, and the movie's over ten years old. I'm like, man, that dog is for sure dead now. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, cat, it's long dead though. <laughs> all the all the animals from Homeward Bound. Oh gone. man, that sucks, <laughs> yeah. bro. Comet Shadow. from Full House. Oh. Yeah. Um. So now the Road Warriors. Uh, cut a promo on the varsity club. I like this road warriors look the black, like the, the spikes, the shoulder pads with the spikes are obviously dope. No matter what. Yeah. The black ones with the chains, as opposed to the red, more cartoony looking ones that they wore in WWF. It just looks cooler uh, to me. It looks more like Mad Max shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I, they're they're just badass, bro. They're the fucking road warriors. Yeah, they. Uh, and then we get Barry Windham versus Lex Luger. So Barry Windham is now a part of the Four Horsemen, but Luger had been in the Four Horsemen. He got kicked out at the end of 1987, and then teamed up with Barry Windham and won the World Tag Team Titles. And then, like two weeks later, Barry Windham turned on him and kicked the shit out of him and joined the Four Horsemen. So this the is the horsemen, uh, bro. They're just 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 uh, uh, cowardice. They're always yeah. there's always something going on with the horsemen. They're always turning yeah. on somebody. Uh, They're up to no good. Habitual line steppers. That's what happens horsemen. when you hang out with Arn Anderson. Uh, yeah. But the uh, we got Wyndham and Rotunda. That is true. Yeah, very so interesting. Follow the buzzards. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I like this match. I thought this was a good match. Uh, Barry Wyndham is still pretty much in his prime here. He looks good. Uh, and they're working like a pretty fast 
high impact style, especially considering some of the other stuff that we saw earlier, which is a lot more like rest holds and the spots are farther, like fewer and farther between. Um, I like that in this match, I did not remember this, but apparently Barry Windham was using the claw as a setup move for a while. Mm -hmm. So they do a thing where on the floor, Windham misses Luger and hits his hand on the post. And so most of this match, he's selling his hand as being injured. And he's like, ah, my claw hand. Not my claw hand. <laughs> Jeez, oh, <laughs> damn it, man. This one had a glove on it for a reason. I know, yeah. He's got one glove on. It's for the claw. What? Yeah. Why do you need to glove the claw? I, it helps for dexterity, you know. <laughs> it's like uh, Barry Wyndham can pull off one glove. Like Dave Grohl's the only dude I've ever seen who wears drum gloves and looks cool while he plays drums. Like it's Fuck so yeah, dude. Like he's got full on like uh, I hate to bring him back up, but like full on OJ gloves when he plays drums, <laughs> and he still looks cool. I uh, can't drum with I can't drum without my isotoners. Yeah. <laughs> How long have I been on you? Since Dave Grohl used isotopes. So, uh, also, of course, Luger here is like jacked to the gills. He looks great. Uh, He's huge over as a babyface here. Um, Wyndham does get the claw, but the commentators are like, his hand is hurt, so he's probably only at like 70% claw strength. Yeah, this (laughs) this could be a half claw. Yeah. What an odd uh, thing in commentary to be like, I bet that uh, hitting that post brought it down about 25, 30%. There's natural natural fatigue in the match. That's probably another 5% claw claw damage taken away. Let's go to Fritz von Erich. Yeah, Dan, uh, that's definitely at least a 25%er. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's it's hurting both guys, but the claw doesn't feel good no matter how many percent you put on it. But I don't yeah. see him getting a finish with this, pal. Yeah. Uh, back to you. Thanks, Fritz. <laughs> Thanks, Fritz. <And> he's, <laughs> he's, so then, like, Lex Luger flexes out of the claw. Like, he flexes his head, and, and Barry Windham's like, God, God damn it, my like, hand. Like red in Pineapple Express. Yeah, I'm, I'm a flex and bust out of this. <laughs> or famously, like The Rock in Fast and Furious Six, when he says Daddy has to go to work and flexes the cast that's on his arm and breaks it off. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but fuck yeah, yeah, you... dude. <laughs> uh, Wyndham hits a superplex, which looked really good for a near fall, and the crowd bought that. And then immediately, Luger hits a back suplex and gets the pin out of nowhere to become the new United States champion. Uh, 10 minutes, 43 seconds. This gets three and three quarter stars. And then immediately Wyndham's on him again after the bell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like shit don't stop just cause the bell rang. Mm-hmm. I don't stop the beef. No. <laughs> and uh, he hits a nasty looking pallet driver. Yeah. Uh, to Luger on the belt. Pilot driver. Pallet driver. <laughs> and it's like, all right. And then he just leaves <laughs> and, and Luger. I hit my move. Yeah, and the referee is like, I don't know what all that shit's about, but Lex Luger's still the champ, and so he just, like, awards the belt to Luger. Uh, But I like this match. I thought it was good. Uh, It was quite a lot quicker. I don't know why Sting versus Butch Reed gets 20 minutes and Luger versus Wyndham only gets 10, but, uh, you know, split the difference, I guess. Sting versus Butch Reed got that long because... uh... 
Magnum TA wanted to say Orientals 15 times. <laughs> yeah. He kept saying it. Uh, this was before it's... it was like taboo. Like, but uh, right. Well, well, as far no, as I know, I don't not know. Really, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't... I don't. I don't know if it was taboo or not. Because he, he, I yeah. mean, Hiro Matsuda literally was the man from the Orient. Right? Is that what they called him? Yeah. Uh, also, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know when it became because it's their call. Like whenever they decided that it was a bad thing to say, if it was that from the get go, I didn't know that. But I don't yeah. say it now. I actually corrected somebody the other day. They got mad at me. I think it's probably always been uh, not their not their favorite. Well, you know? most things start as uh, most things, not all of them. Uh, there's certain words that we could bring up that have never been this, but most things start as what you call them. But then the white guys started using it as a pejorative term, like yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, to to like they started saying it wrong and started being like. Sure. You know, Orientals instead of like, you know, there's, there's an Oriental guy over there, you know? Right. But I don't know. Whenever they whenever they decided, hey, this isn't good, that's when I decide, yeah. hey, that's not good. Don't say that. Right. It still sounds weird to my ears no matter what because we don't say it now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. If, I have to make a note of it, uh, especially whenever you're adding uh, uh, additional descriptors because it's never just like, uh, and from the Orient, Hiro Matsuda, it's always the evil Oriental, <laughs> yeah. Hiro Mets, which puts a different stank on it for yeah. sure. Well, yeah, because you know? that's actually a good point because uh, Magnum TA just kept going, you know, those Orientals, they know they know ways to really hurt you. And like it is <laughs> yeah. every time Butch Reed would cheat or Hiro Matsuda would fuck, some, would fuck Sting up in the corner or something, yeah. you'd be like, oh, man, those Orientals, they always figure out the ways. They, they got a lot of pressure points. <laughs> yeah, that's... You know they're mysterious, also. Yeah, yeah. they scare me. Uh, I, I saw I saw what I believe to be a documentary where they sold a gremlin to a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, they thought it was a mogwai, and then they gave them rules, and man, they didn't follow those rules. Man, you feed that son of a bitch after midnight. <laughs> oh yeah. boy, he's out. He's out front. The sprinklers go off. Now you got gremlins. <laughs> Is that how you want gremlins? Uh. So, <laughs> next up uh, is for the World Tag Team Titles. We got the Varsity Club of Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and Kevin Sullivan versus the Road Warriors. And of course, this is the uh, in parentheses hometown of the Road Warriors, Chicago. So they are over huge. I'd say in quotations, right? Yes, in quotations. Yeah. Sorry. Um, what I did I say? Parentheses. Parentheses. Yeah. No. Well, in either case, however you wanted to note it, that's not where they're from. It is the so. quote-unquote hometown. Yeah. They're from Minnesota, right? Yes. Minnesota, yeah. the road yeah. warriors. I, I, I don't do a Minnesota accent. I can only say Minnesota in a Minnesota accent. You're, sorry. You're, you're Hawk, eh? Yeah. Uh, What's that all about? Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's animal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what a strong fellow he is. Me like cheese. <laughs> yeah. What's uh? What's what do they say in Fargo? Is that your associate in the wood chipper? So it's just. I haven't seen Fargo. Oh, okay. There's That's one of the big one. ones I haven't seen. There's the part where a guy's in a wood chipper and he goes, "Is that a? Is that your associate in the wood chipper over there?" <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Uh, that that's not good. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Sarah was mostly impressed, you know, like when you see the road warriors, you're like, man, what a stunning visual. What a striking yeah. that they make. Sarah was most impressed by going, man, they walked around with those hair, with those haircuts <laughs> all the time. 
And I was like, did she notice that they were the inverse, the the inverse of each other? <laughs> yeah, it was like kayfabe was real, man. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. They're only allowed one full haircut, so yeah. <laughs> one of them got a mohawk and the other one got an opposite mohawk. <laughs> and what are you gonna tell Animal <laughs> that he can't have an opposite mohawk if he wants? Dude, Animal looks rad, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, yeah, and they start the match, and it's Animal versus Doctor Death, which is a fucking. Haas, uh, two big old dudes uh, yeah. battle for the ages. Force versus unmovable object or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm. I. I, I gotta. I gotta get, give respect though. We've got Doctor Death and we've got Michael Hayes on the same show. No we're, Terry Gordy. We're two thirds of a free bird. Where uh, Where is Terry Gordy? Uh well, you told me not to tell you too much. Oh, okay, so. okay. Okay. Actually, Doctor Death's not in the the Freebirds. So yeah, but didn't Doctor Death have? Wasn't he in a tag team with Terry Gordy later on? Yeah, the that's Miracle what I'm talking Violence about. Like, dog. I'm talking about like his his like Terry Gordy's <laughs> like guys. Yeah, his homeboys. There's just yeah. no Terry Gordy. Uh, the so the big thing here is that the Varsity Club are, are like formidable for the Road Warriors, and that's a new thing. For the Road Warriors, they 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 keep selling like no team has ever done to the Road Warriors what the Varsity Club had because they attacked Animal and had injured his arm. So then on the floor, Sullivan uses the chair on Animal's arm to give to make him be the Road Warrior in peril in this match. But it's still difficult to imagine even somebody like Doctor Death beating up uh, Animal. Animal doesn't like, feel pain. No, they're they're fucking huge, dude. The Road so and uh, Kevin Sullivan's a great wrestler. He's a great heel, but it's like Doctor Death, the Road Warriors, and then Kevin Sullivan. And like, who do you think's taking the pin in this match? <laughs> like, <laughs> the the dude whose nickname is Doctor Death, <laughs> or Kevin Sullivan? Uh, Doctor Death is both a Billy Mays and Bob Vila looking motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is true. That is yeah, true. he looks like on the during the week he's he's uh, is in charge of this old house. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> fucking this old house, bro. Yeah. Is, uh, anytime I would, it's, it's probably a fine show, but I I actually watched some of it with my dad on on the weekends. Uh, boring as shit when I was a kid, though. Yeah, that's dad, when, that was one where I was the like, house. I live in the house. Yeah, it was one where it was like. If that's all that's left to watch, things are a dire situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's raining outside. I can't go outside. I only have regular TV. Uh, there's nothing on. I got to watch this old house. <laughs> can't, can't do it. I'd read a book, I guess. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, but then you're all into it later on. You're like, oh, is that real hardwood? <laughs> yeah, now I watch HGTV and I'm like, no, dude, you can't replace your own water heater. You need to call a guy <laughs> to do that. Uh, I don't like the trim on that. Yeah. the uh, of, <laughs> I watched one the other day because Sarah legit loves HGTV. We were watching one where these, peop these people tried to renovate their own house, which I guess good for them, but they had to stop halfway through and they, uh, the show is the they get rescued by a professional. And the professional person was like, were you trying to knock this wall down? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, you realize that's a load-bearing wall, right? <laughs> and the people were like, had no idea what a load-bearing wall was or how to test to make sure that they weren't just going to knock over their whole goddamn house because <laughs> they were trying to get an open kitchen concept. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> Even I know about the load-bearing wall, and I don't know shit about home improvement. Dude. You, you, there's a couple things you spring for, right? 
uh, fast pass. <laughs> yeah. And the guy to knock walls down in your house. And a, and a guy. <laughs> Call a guy. Call a guy. Uh, like, I am at the point in my life, like you talked about with your uh, the roller coaster thing, like... I'll call a guy. I have no hubris now to be like, well, let me see if I could. Nope. That is not a thing I know how to do. <laughs> I know how to do other stuff. I don't know how to do that. So all I'm going to do is screw that up. And then I'm going to have to call this guy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> let's just and, and jump he's gonna to, laugh at me. Right. Let's just jump to me calling the guy. That's the end game here. <laughs> uh, the So the heels work over the shoulder of animal who is quote, the strong man of the road warriors. Which, in a shoot, is true. Animal apparently is, like, one of the strongest motherfuckers, <laughs> like, in wrestling. But Hawk, it's not as though Hawk is not a gigantic, strong man. Yeah, know? man. I, I, Hawk is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not as though it's Animal, capitals, Hawk, all lowercase. Like, both of those dudes would rip me in half. I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be locked in a cage with a road warrior. Oh, thank God it's hot. <laughs> right. So, I was really betting on oh, Hawk. Man, it's so glad it's Hawk. Uh, so then there's a big schmoz, and Dr. Death ends up pinning uh, Animal while Hawk comes off the top rope with a flying clothesline to Sullivan, who is the legal man, and pins Sullivan uh, for the Road Warriors to retain 8 minutes, 27 seconds. This gets two and a quarter stars. I thought this was a really good match. I enjoyed this. And I, I thought the finish was, uh, like, it was a unique finish. Because you see, they've got the visual on Dr. Death pinning the Road Warrior Road Warrior Animal. But Hawk gets the pin on Sullivan. And so the Varsity Club have what they consider to be a legit gripe. But the, the Road Warriors legitimately won. Yeah, and it's... It's a good finish just because of all that that you just mentioned, but it's it's still tough for the viewing public, especially in the building when you don't have um, announcers. Yeah, uh, because it's hard to track who the legal man is. So like, there's anytime there's a little bit of confusion in the finish, it kind of adds a little bit of flaccidity to the crowd. But it's the Road Warriors, so everybody's still screaming no matter what. As soon as you hand yeah. them the belt, everybody's stoked. Well, yeah, and I'm never watching the match at the end. Like, I'm aware of the concept of the legal man. But I'm never watching it at the end going, oh, man, I hope that's the right Uso that they're pinning. I'm just like, <laughs> I figure they know. Oh, I'm never doing that because I can't tell them apart. I right. don't know which Uso is which. Which one like, is with Naomi? That's the one I want to fight. <laughs> to the death. To the death. Uh, uh, For her hand. <laughs> uh, we go backstage to Lex Luger, who's kind of in, <laughs> he's like almost in Three Stooges. Uh, yeah. Yeah. bandages like he's got a bandage around his head he's got one around his neck uh and he's talking very like very calmly very softly he's like yeah man i don't know i jammed my neck fuck <laughs> yeah so that's that match sucked it was really or he's like it sucked to be a part of barry windham's tough as shit uh it jammed my neck got some stitches but hey i'm the u.s champ so you know there's that yeah yeah, yeah me <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm Luger. also from Chicago, but no one cares because I'm not a road warrior. <laughs> it's Luger time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is me time, baby. <laughs> um, so now we get to the main event. Also a sticking point for the NWA. This pay-per-view coming in under a cool two hours and 20 minutes. So uh, seven matches, they're in, they're out, they're doing their thing. And it's funny too because it's, it's, it's short-ish, right? 
Yeah. Let's make it. Let's make it two hours. Let's make yeah. it two hours, guys. Let's have a conversation to make this two hours. You know how we can do that. Sting and Butch <laughs> Reed, ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike Rotunda and Rick Steiner. I love you, Ricky. 12 minutes, right? Yeah. That is Russian assassin. Number two, you're going to have to get DDT to about nine minutes into this. Match. I thank you. Nine minutes was my number. That yeah. is like, we just took, I, I, we just took like fucking 20 minutes off of this fucking show. Yeah. You know? Well, what's funny is I think the NWA or WCW at the time, they only had two hour VHS tapes. So the VHS tape of the show i think is probably two hours i wonder what they, they probably just click cut certain matches like uh cut yeah, parts of matches out. or whatever yeah um i did notice and i wanted to ask you about this um i remember i realized i noticed in the first at least two matches they counted out the time like five minutes have elapsed or whatever over the um oh yeah so are there time limits on those matches I think that every standard match is supposed to be like a 20 minute time limit. Okay. Uh, which uh, the, but it's a worked time. Limit, yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, cause <laughs> butchery, they're not going to have butchery and Sting go to a draw. Cause it went over eight seconds. Or that would have been so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're on to the main event, which is world champ, Ric Flair versus Ricky, the dragon steamboat. Uh, we get a video highlight of the feud so far, which is Steamboat returned to the NWA the beginning of 1989, and he pins. He's a secret partner for Eddie Gilbert, and they he ends up pinning Ric Flair in that match with the Flying Body Press, and so now he's the number one contender. And they do a they show a promo from the Clash of Champions a few days before this pay per view, where Flair is in the ring with a bunch of girls, and Steamboat's in the ring. And Flair says, take a look at what a loser looks like. <laughs> Why don't you go home and help the missus, the missus with the dishes? I'm going downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm going downtown. And, uh, because yeah, I, I believe Steamboat was like, look, we're not the same. You're out here chasing women and money and fame. I love my family. I just want to be world champ. And the flare line, the miss, help the missions, the misses with the dishes, isn't what gets it for me. It's the I'm going <laughs> I'm downtown. Going downtown. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so funny to me that he's like, that's true. I am going out to party. Guess what? Right fucking now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the world champ. Uh, and then. Steamboat fires up and they have like a pretty good fight where they end up tearing Flair's suit off and he's just down to his uh to his jockeys as Jim Ross says and then he ends up hitting the body press again and the crowd counts the three count which I thought was pretty cool yeah before Wyndham jumps in and him and uh, Wyndham Flair and Wyndham beat up Steamboat at the end of that so. Uh, at this point, Ric Flair has been world champion for 453 days. Oh, shit. Okay. So he had he had won the title uh, at Starcade 87, and or 452 days. So a long title reign. And Who'd he beat? Do you know? Uh, rugged Ronnie Garvin. Oh, yeah. They mentioned that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who had just won the belt so that they could then have the Starcade rematch. Build, uh, okay. build the match for Starcade. Hell yeah. 
Uh, this is a five-star match, Andrew. What do you think of Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair? Fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it was it was so good, dude. They, the pacing, was awesome. Like the beginning was just bad out of hell, but not like out of control, but like fast-paced. Steamboat was very clearly, and this is one thing that I've seen in a lot of Ric Flair matches, and I think it's perfect for like kind of the heel thing steamboat was looked like the better wrestler like he was getting the best of the exchanges flair was bumping all over the place because he's the goddamn goat and like <laughs> they were chopping each other like flair they, he would chop chop flair in the chest and flair would fall through the ropes onto the outside um and a lot of near falls a lot of believable near falls the crowd was loving it like crazy and then at one point it seemed like uh, whether work or shoot, I'm sure they were tired, but they both kind of settled in and got a little tired. So they were starting to be a little labored in what they were doing and the, the match slowed down. And like, um, I don't know. I, I thought this was a wonderful match. This was awesome. Yeah. And I really enjoyed, like, there's a lot of subtle things where it's like flair chops the, sh the shit out of steamboat in this match. Yeah. But whenever flair chops him, steamboat sells, and he's in the corner and he, he, you know, he, it goes through his body and he sells it, but Flair's the only one taking bumps off of the chops. Like, yes. so whenever Steamboat comes back and he's chopping him back, then Flair will take a full back bump. Mm -hmm. And it's like, again, it just, it sells to you the idea that like Steamboat has this advantage and yeah. he, he can get the best of Flair. And Flair's a little frustrated by it. Like Flair would chop him really hard. Steamboat would chop him back. Flair would bump and get up like frustrated, like yeah. or be like, "Hey, like, what are you doing?" Like, like mad at him. Um, it was good. There was a little bit of desperation in Flair, which there there is a lot. That's part of his character. Like when he starts to like lose a little bit. Um, yeah. Flair cheated, but he didn't cheat a lot. Like you know, we saw egregious cheating throughout this 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 um, this show. But I can think of two times when Flair cheats in this match. Um, he gets him in a figure four and is grabbing the rope. Uh, but he's like grabbing the rope and watching the referee and the referee keeps looking over and Flair would let go right as the referee started to look over and then grab the rope again and let go. And then one time he gets caught and that's how they get steamboat out of the figure four. Yeah. Um, and then later on Flair is pinning steamboat and I posted a picture of this <laughs> and the referee, the, the referee is counting and the, the angle is, from the side. So you see laterally across your screen, Flair like planking and his feet are on the ropes and he's pinning Steamboat. And you can see under Flair, you see the referee counting and looking at Steamboat. <laughs> Flair is right in front of him with his legs yeah. on the ropes. Uh, it was a really bad one. And it, and it happened like, like it, it took a while. Like it was not like a It was quick like three thing. times in a row he tried to use <laughs> yeah. the ropes. Well, and that's the funny thing about Flair is like, the fans would like Flair, except he's not looking to cheat all the time. He's just looking to cheat when it's convenient. Like he, could... he, he looks to cheat to win. He's not addicted to yeah. cheating like Butch Reed is. He's just trying to be skeezy to to figure out any way to win this, uh, right. even if he has to be Ill, illegitimate about it. Right. He just wants to, yeah, he just wants to win. And maybe he could beat Steamboat straight up but why not cheat and get it done quicker if he can anything to stay on top yeah that and seems that I, seems to be it is like anything to stay on top yeah and i enjoyed the the figure four spot 
because again, like they had good rhythm with yeah. the like Flair's cheating, but you can believe that the ref wasn't able to catch him because Flair isn't doing, he's not absent minded about it. He's watching the referee. And during the figure four spot, you could, the, the crowd starts chanting for Ricky Steamboat. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Steamboat wasn't a top baby face when he had left the NWA like six years before. He was a middle card baby face. He'd been a tag champion. He'd been the U.S. champion, but he wasn't in the main events. Yeah. But somehow he comes back and he's immediately red hot in this feud with Flair and the crowd wants Ricky Steamboat to win this match. <laughs> yeah, they were really cheering for him. And Steamboat did the thing. This always works. Uh, and you can't you can't do it like this anymore because it's he's he was slamming his hand on the ground. Yeah, that would be a tap out now. But he was slamming it in rhythm and slowly the crowd started clapping with the rhythm. And yeah. like just those little subtle things that get the crowd going is just like, I don't know this this match. Um, I knew this was a five star match going into it. Um, I knew it was long. I didn't know who won, and I enjoyed every second of it. Uh, now, Ricky Steamboat in his comeback comes off the top with a flying karate chop. Yeah, can I, I get hate a ruling? I, can I get a ruling on the karate chop? Stinks. Flying karate <laughs> still, chop stinks. Still no good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It doesn't do shit. He's higher up. He's... I don't think that you're accounting for higher up. Listen, having the high ground matters, right? But Flair yeah. sold that like he got shot with a fucking uh, uh, beanbag shotgun. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, it's... you don't know if Ricky Steamboat's chopped trees till they died, hardened his hand. <laughs> the Muay Thai those, techniques. Those, those strong Hawaiian bamboo trees or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um chopping so coconuts the, I, th- I thought the yeah he doesn't even have to use a machete yeah. he's, he just uses the, the flat side of his hand he just got to get real high up in the tree first he's got to yeah. get higher than the coconut <laughs> the coconut will <laughs> never see it coming bro uh so the end of this match i thought was great uh steamboat goes for the flying body press and hits it but in doing so he wipes tommy young out tommy young fucking <laughs> It legit gets wiped out. Pretty tough bump by Tommy Young, and he, yeah. he likes he like he's laying on the on his back, and he like spits in the air. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, fucked him up. And then Flair goes for the figure four. It's reversed, and then Teddy Long jumps in uh, and counts the three count for the pin. And to protect Flair, before he did that, he hurt Steamboat, and he pinned him holding the holding his pants. Yeah. And count and the 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 crowd counted uh, three, but there was no ref. Yeah. So it protects so, Flair a little bit, and then he goes for the figure four, gets reversed. Another ref comes in, counts it one, two, three. Yeah. And then Tommy Young, who's in a bad bad way, accidentally gets kicked by Rick Flair <laughs> after Flair gets out of this small package, and you can see. Tommy Young kind of look at him and just be like, oh, what the fuck, dude? I didn't see that. That's funny. Yeah, he kicks him, and then Tommy Young rolls out of the ring because <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, and so then we immediately go backstage, and the babyfaces are all celebrating, including a more pumped than Ricky Steamboat, Michael Hayes, who's like, you did it, Ricky! <laughs> you fucking did it, bro! I and think- Steam. Michael He's Hayes. more excited than Rick than Ricky Steamboat. Michael Hayes is just enjoying being a babyface for once in his goddamn life. He's the guy that you want. Like, uh, he's both the guy you want and the guy you don't want in your party entourage. Well, you definitely want him on your team, yeah. Right, but like, he's the dude. He's the dude that will both get you hyped up for going out at like eight. But then when you're like, Michael, it's three o'clock. 
we got to go. He's like, no, bro, I know another spot. Like yeah, The party's he, just starting. Yeah, yeah he's he, the guy that will back you up in a fight, but he's also the guy who starts a fight at some Right, <laughs> yeah. He's over a real a, wild card. Over a beer pong game or something. Yeah. By the way, if you're an adult, stop playing beer pong. Yeah. Also, he's purely sexy. Uh, so please, he, he definitely is purely up. sexy. It, the yeah. funniest thing about this whole thing for me, and I don't know if, I don't know if uh, Steamboat knew this before, but you could slowly, like, while they're trying to interview Steamboat and they're like calling for a speech, you yeah. can start to realize, you can start to see him realize how much it burns like shit to have champagne in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to catch his breath because he's just wrestled almost a thirty-minute match. Yeah, and he just downed a bunch of champagne, like quick and they poured a bunch of it on him so he's like you can tell he's like trying to talk but he's like god damn this burns dude there, there's a there's a reason that you see like teams celebrating now where where um uh snowboarding goggles yeah because champagne in your eyes apparently burns terribly so like he kind of played it off and the guy interviewing him i can't remember his name he said his name earlier that's bob coddle bob coddle he uh he kind of played it off like oh are you emotional are you lost for words when Steamboat should have been like no this just fucking hurts really bad but yeah Steamboat tried to t- play it off his emotion a little bit but you could tell yeah. that the champagne was really bothering him in his eyes and he's like you know it was I'm his happy. big moment <laughs> yeah he's like uh, you know I'm elated I won the world title uh, I'm not gonna be a closet champion Ric Flair can have the first rematch uh, I did this for my family and I can't wait to go show them the belt and the whole time you just hear Michael Hayes in the background just going. Yeah, Michael Hayes is partying. Yeah. Um, Did you guys remember when I beat Russian Assassin number one? <laughs> it USA, was all of us. USA. <laughs> all the baby faces. <laughs> uh, and so that's how the show goes off the air. Flair uh, does the job for Steamboat, puts him over huge. The crowd wanted it. Like, they yeah. were so stoked. And uh, I don't know if I said it, Ric Flair defeat de- gets defeated by Ricky Steamboat. 23 minutes, 18 seconds. This gets the full five stars from Meltzer. Uh, it's a great match. It's just a really good wrestling match and not as long as some of their other matches. This is on the short end of the Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair uh, match times. Yeah, it, it was good. It was good. I, I um. I'm interested to see the uh, the other ones. Um, yep. I'm definitely we're definitely gonna be doing some comparing. I'm sure. Um, how many are we gonna watch? There are three. Okay, cool. Um, uh, the next one is a two out of three falls match, though. Oh, good. Yeah, that's uh, coming up. <laughs> but uh, for 1989 uh, NWA, I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I feel like they fall out of your brain to a certain extent. Uh, the WWF and their presentation in 1989 from when we watched those to what the NWA was doing. It's definitely more sports-based. It feels like they're selling it. Even at the beginning, Jim Ross and Magnum TA, when they're running down the card, they're treating it like two prize fighters or, you know, the teams are these real athletes that have legitimate backstories and legitimate gripes with each other but also playing up the athletics. Yeah, and there's the same I think that was just an NWA thing, right? Because that's we we saw the same thing when we watched the Dusty Rhodes matches. Yeah. And like I like that a lot. Um I like I like the the, the pitting them again uh, like as two athletes, not two stories. The stories are inherent. The stories are there. You yeah. don't root for the stories, you then root for the athletes to be part of the story, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of a, a lot now 
in a lot in in uh like wwe you're rooting for the gimmick right (laughs) kind of uh and it's i i just i like the realism of it even though you still got guys doing fucking axe handles and shit like like uh there's still if you really like get down to brass tacks there's still unrealistic things about it but it's still a believable show of guys who are in legitimate athletic competition with each other um and i like the rick flair story is you know rick flair's this uh wine and dining jet flying uh guy who's taken on a guy who's a family man that's the storyline Mm-hmm. But all the things that are happening are within the realm of the athletics. Like Steamboat's the new guy in town. He beat the champ. Nobody saw that coming. They are opposed outside of the ring, but they respect each other as athletes. Uh, and it's just who's the better guy. Yeah. And so you could kind of buy into the the glitz or the showbiz part of the Ric Flair lives on the big side of town in the big house and all yeah. that shit. He's going downtown. It's Conor McGregor. And, yeah, but at the end, like they're you know they gotta. What's uh, Charlie Murphy say? The, there would be the, a fight after that. Yeah, somebody gotta somebody go. Gotta... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the same thought right before you even like started to say what's that, Charlie? It's funny we went to the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And it's it's I think it's important uh, for, to their success at the time. Like it was, it, I I love that's why. And um, that's why when I, in the Idell Wrestling Federation stuff, when I book the best wrestler in the world thing, that's completely booked just as an athletic uh, competition because yeah. that's my favorite kind of wrestling. Like the other shit is just, it's fun because it's a podcast and I have to write something entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, I love the, you know, neither neither guy wrestles for a little bit because you're, you're, you, you, they're getting ready for a big fight and they yeah. do a press conference and they're training and all these things to have this legitimate athletic competition to see who's the best. And um, that's based on this type of stuff, right? And I think yeah. that um, that's – AEW does a little bit of that in, in like, you know, they, they have the post-press conferences and all those things. But uh, WWE starting to do the, the post-press conferences. You know, it's just it's just more kayfabe's dead. So, like – it's it's really hard to write that way unless you do it as a rule for the entire company and neither company is doing that right now. Yeah. Um, so like, it's well, and there's know. there's nothing. I mean, there are silly things on this show, but nobody is acting in a silly way. Yeah. Like that's the diff. That's the difference to me between the NWA and the WWF at this time. Like, there are the gimmicks aren't gimmicks. It's like everybody's a fucking like tough guy and they're all trying to win there's no i know you love it but like there's no brutus beefcakes yeah in this situation no I, all... I completely agree i i like yeah. <laughs> i like brutus beefcake as because it's ridiculous <laughs> right but as a wrestling organization i prefer i really like nwa 100 percent. at least so, what i've seen today we'll continue to watch yeah so we've got a few more nwa reviews from 89 because 89 is the last year that I think uh, you could buy wrestling as a purely entertaining yet real sport. Okay. Because, uh, that I mean, and Cornette's basically the one who's posited that theory. And so uh, it was, he says, Flair versus Steamboat is as close as you could get to sports entertainment while still treating it as wrestling. Like, it was both. Because I was not bored in the 24 minutes of this Ricky Steamboat Flair match. You know? No, like, me neither. And, it's, and they're not doing 
Canadian destroyers and, you know, a ton of high spots. It's like everything is spaced out so that you have those oh shit moments. Like there's a part in that match where Flair does a cross body and it takes him and Steamboat both over the top rope and they look like they're both going to fall on their head on the floor. And they, you know, it's, it looks legit. It doesn't look planned. Yeah. Nobody's waiting. Nobody's waiting around to catch the other guy, I mm-hmm. guess is the way to say it. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we have some more of those upcoming for this week. Uh, our number one movie is uh, from another guy who I'd consider a goat, goat in a different field. It's uh Tommy Hanks. Oh shit. Uh, still in his comedy phase. Definitely a goat. Definitely. Yeah. This is the burbs. Oh, the burbs. Uh, (laughs) I fucking love the burbs, bro. It's number one. Uh, it was, it may, it cost 18 million to make. It made 49 million. Who's the other guy in that movie? Uh, not Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, I love like dragnet with, uh, Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. I, I said Harry Dean Stanton instead of Bruce Dern, by the way. Yeah. Um, Rick Ducumman is his name. God, how have I... God damn, that guy was in a bunch of movies. He's in Spaceballs. He's in Groundhog Day. He's in The Burbs. He's in Scary Movie. He plays the other neighbor that's not a weirdo. Well, he's kind of a weirdo. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen The Burbs? It's been a long time. Okay, but the, the, he's great. He's great, He's and he's awesome yeah. in The Burbs. Um, but what, what, what was the last thing you said before I interrupted you? My bad. Oh, like, I like these weird... Tom Hanks 80s movies like Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd. Have you ever seen that? I watched that as a kid and really enjoyed it. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I love that movie. But like this is before he's like Tom Hanks, you know, because big is really, I think, the Tom Hanks uh, coming out party, you know. Um, I love do you Do you want to try to guess what the highest grossing Tom Hanks movie is? Uh yeah, hold on. I want to show you who the Rick Ducommon is, so you can you can you can just be like, oh yeah, that guy's good. Hold on, let me wait. <laughs> and let's see. I think this is a picture that that'll, that'll show you. I, I know this is an audio podcast. This guy. Oh yeah, that he, guy. Yeah, that guy's fucking great in the Burbs. Yeah. Um, that guy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, okay. Shit, I'm not gonna look up his movies. Okay. Try to do this without looking up his movies. Polar Express first. Uh, that's not a bad guess. Okay, I have another um, one. Okay. Um, what was the fuck? I had the other one. Oh man. Um, Castaway. Polar Express is ninth. Castaway is fifth. Oh god damn. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna try to get it. Try to get it. Um, it's definitely not be, Philadelphia. You're gonna be mad. It's a Toy Story movie. It's a Toy, Toy Story. Story two. No, Toy Story Toy one. St- no. Which one is it? Three? Oh, because yeah. they came out later. Is it Toy Story four? <laughs> it is Toy Story four. God damn! <laughs> four hundred thirty-four million dollars. That's domestic. the one I haven't seen. Yeah, uh, Toy Story three made four fifteen. Then it's Force Gump. Oh yeah, Forrest Gump. Yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think you gotta account for those movies came out later. Um, yeah, it skews the list for yeah. sure. Um, um, I went but, through all the Toy Stories. <laughs> well, you don't think Toy Story four because it didn't, you know, like 
make a huge cultural impact. No people, one was really asking for the fourth Toy Story. People movie. watched it, and apparently, it was, there's like a, it was like a crying movie. Like, um, I, I would watch it. I loved all the Toy yeah. Story movies, but I didn't see that one. Um, but my they've friend, also got my like, good friend Ned Beatty's in Toy Story three. So that's true. Uh, they've also got like the Simpsons movie listed here because he plays himself. Uh, very briefly, and it's like that's oh, for the true. for the EPA, right? I think yeah. <laughs> Epa. Um, the Green Mile, Elvis, uh, Catch Me If You Can, which is a movie I love. I forgot he's an Elvis. Elvis. I do like yeah. uh, Catch Me If You Can. He's doing a weird accent in Elvis. I thought that movie was gonna suck. Pretty good. He's doing a weird accent in Catch Me If You Can too. Kyle yeah. Hanratty. <laughs> my name uh, is our... frank william abignale it's not abignale <laughs> it's not abignale it's abignale <laughs> mr abignale uh, <laughs> that's a good movie that's I a like fun that movie. one to rewatch yeah uh our number one album this week bobby brown don't be cruel <laughs> God damn. i'll be meeting that guy soon by the way uh it went platinum seven times it's the number one album of 1989 also i listened to it today pretty good i gotta listen to some bobby brown all i know is my prerogative which is an all-time banger bro yeah i never listened to it the only note that bobby brown didn't ask me to give him but i'm gonna give him is some of these songs a little bit long i'll talk to Uh, him yeah (laughs) tell him to cut some of don't be cruel yeah could you make make, don't be cruel a little shorter yeah can you go back re re recut it uh, don't be cruel is rules. That song's awesome. Uh, rock with you is also great. Uh, so is Ronnie, and then my prerogative. Those are all. Oh goddamn! My prerogative yeah. is like a short list banger for that oh, type yeah. of music. Uh, the number one song this week is Paul Abdul Straight Up. Oh God! Which it... <laughs> another short list banger? Yeah, which had been number one for three weeks. Uh, God damn! In my desire to try to com- make my belabored point of comparing the NWA to WWF at this time, uh, the Chi Town Rumble did a hundred and thirty thousand pay per view v- buys uh, in February, and the WWF's inaugural pay per view Royal Rumble did a hundred sixty five thousand buys. So they are not far off from okay. one another. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I would like to ask you the age of some of these wrestlers. Okay. I'm sorry that I fucked up the Randy Rose one. Cause I would have gotten that one off by like 15 years. <laughs> I didn't even put Randy Rose down. So, uh, okay. He looked uh, old as shit, bro. And he's yeah. fucking, well, and I know Ric Flair's 40. Uh, Ric Flair is actually 39. He turns 45 days after this. Who fucking cares? Right. Yeah. Five days. Uh, how old is young beach blonde babyface Stang? Oh, sh- sh- Nikes. Okay, this is this is thirty three years ago. Sting's probably he's like thirty. It's twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like Sting's uh, probably sixty three now, so he's probably sixty two, I guess. New world heavyweight champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, he is. I'd say he's like almost 70 now. So 35. Dude, you fucking nailed it. Kaboom. 
You yeah. know what I mean? And he turned 36 eight days after this. Oh, so shit. <laughs> you were right as close as you could be. I, I would have I claimed, claimed victory if I said 36, too. Yeah. Uh, the dog face gremlin, Rick Steiner, is how Ooh. old. 32. Uh, you, do your man, you do your man wrong. He's 27. God damn. <laughs> yeah. He is a dog face gremlin, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, those are rough years. Those I are, figured he was in his 60s now. Those are wrestled since an early age yeah. uh, years he's put on. Uh, what about our, our friend, Freebird Michael Hayes? Oh, shit. He's got to be... It was 33 years ago. I don't think he's 70 yet. 34. Michael Hayes, again, you do your man wrong. 29. God damn. So he got, he was, he was pretty young in the WW fucking in the, um, world uh, WCCW shit, right? Yeah. He was, oh, okay. he'd, uh, his opponent, Russian assassin. Number one, the mask is going to be a problem. That's a tough one. I know he's old as shit though. Isn't he like, <laughs> yeah. he's like at least 40 during this, right? Uh, not quite. Ah, okay. But, 37 it's 35 oh shit uh, okay I, I, the, he, his picture on his picture on the only reason i brought that up is i think his his wikipedia picture looks like it's from the fucking 40s yeah uh did you see what he also used to wrestle as yeah the angel of death angel of death look dude. at that <laughs> yeah guess, that picture's from the 50s bro that's why he's russian assassin number one in the mask you know? yeah um how old is Jimmy Cornette? Uh, 35. No, less, 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 Because he's not, that would make him 68 now, and he's not 68. He's like 30. 27. Oh, fuck. Okay, he's younger than I thought he was. Polly Dangerously. Oh, fuck. 30. 23. He was 23 years old? Yeah. What? Yeah. Good for him, dude. He was really good on the mic in his promos. He did a really good job with the with the crowd. His his work wasn't like in the ring wasn't very good, but um I think they played off that really well. Like uh did you notice when he got in the ring um one I can't remember which guy it was. I think it was um not Victory. It was Randy Rose. I was holding his hands up. And Paulie was throwing like a oh, feminine yeah. punches at the hands. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you got to hit him with the what does Mo call it? The stinger, the boxing glove with the barbed wire around <laughs> it. Yeah, he said I couldn't do that no more. Something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they don't allow that no more. <laughs> yeah. uh, how old is Jim Ross? Oh fuck, um, he's wearing a tux. He's looking good here. He's he's at least seventy now, right? So he's got to be thirty-nine. You're close, thirty-seven. Okay, that's not bad. Pretty good. Uh, and so finally, he's like right at seventy now. Yeah. <laughs> How old is Bob Cottle? Oh the fuck! Backstage announcer, fifty-eight. You fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> Big born, Bob, big Bob Cottle guy. Yeah, born August second, nineteen thirty. Holy shit! When Bob Cottle was born, minimum wage was a quarter. A quarter. <laughs> and, and, you were, guess, and you were happy with that quarter. Yeah. And 
gas costs 20 cents uh in 1989 <laughs> huh so gas costs four-fifths of an hour of work yeah what's well, an hour of work now say 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 you get make 20 dollars an hour make it easy uh gas would be 16 dollars a gallon <laughs> if it was the same gas was expensive as shit back then yeah, but uh... it, I, I would have to go minimum wage anyway sure the average gas price in 1989 uh dollar 37 uh was a dollar oh fuck the minimum wage must have had a republican president back then. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. uh, by the way i hate donald trump the... <laughs> just, a, just to make it clear to anybody who heard that joke i just made 1989 the federal minimum wage was a dollar 90 in 1989 and the state minimum wage was 335 man i That's... made i made 725 my first job do you think that when bob cottle was born had a transatlantic flight happened oh, i'm guessing since you're asking uh-huh. it either hadn't happened or it had just happened what do you think it happened the year before. 1945. Oh, 15 years <laughs> later. <laughs> Transatlantic flight. Bob Cottle lived in a world where you couldn't get to England. Fuck you, dude. God no damn. England. He um, was born the same year as Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. Uh, Buzz Aldrin's still alive, right? Yeah. Betty, Betty White was born nine years. She was nine when Bob Cottle was born. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first red and green traffic lights were installed in Manhattan in 1930. <laughs> he lived in a world that had recently happened. Uh, Babe Ruth signs a two-year contract with the New York Yankees. You want to know? Take a guess how much they paid Babe Ruth, 1930? 20 grand. Much more. But 100 grand. 160 grand. Oh, Babe's that. making eighty k. He doesn't have to worry about gas. He's doing all right. Yeah, so. he's a babe. Uh, Gandhi is alive at the same time as Bob Cottle, <laughs> <laughs> and he's beginning his two hundred mile march protesting the British salt tax. That's and, and he was complaining about the black. <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah, Gandhi did not like the black. No. Constantinople <laughs> just becomes Istanbul. <laughs> if you had a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Uh, 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 the, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. It only died 11 years <laughs> yeah. prior. No, it's... Dude, I just looked up 1930 stuff because it was, it was blowing my mind. The BBC announced on April 18th there is no news at 8.45 p.m. <laughs> and played music for the remaining 15 minutes of the time slot. Those were the days. Because it's Man. because that was public That was public news. They didn't have to make a bunch of shit up because they didn't have a bunch yep. of fucking commercials to sell. And they yeah. the, the world hadn't ended yet. <laughs> uh, scotch tape is invented Fuck and yeah, sold dude. for the first time. Morgan Freeman uh, wouldn't be born for seven years. Yeah. In Poland, the German Socialist Labor Party is founded. That probably won't end poorly for yeah, anybody. That's going to be fine. That's going to be fine. Yeah. Everybody's cool. <laughs> uh, Everybody's cool. The tobacco 
industry announced it produced 123 billion with a b cigarettes in 1930 fuck yeah dude that's gonna work out fine just like the german socialist party bob Cottle was born a year uh, he was born like six months after the great depression john wayne was 23 uh coin eastwood was just born time is wild man time is a weird it's a weird thing to i would never imagine gandhi and bob Cottle living on the same earth at the same time you know yeah, I I had a string of tweets about Betty White when when uh when she what no, it wasn't was it Betty White or Morgan Freeman? So Betty White was born 7 years before Anne Frank. <laughs> yeah. Uh there's one that's like uh George Coe, a member of Billy the Kid's gang, the regulators died in 1941 when Morgan Freeman was 4 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't I don't get it. Well, I mean, I do get it, but it's weird to think about things in that context. Because I think of Gandhi as being so old, and it's like, oh yeah, I guess not, not that old. <laughs> I, you know, in the relative span of history. Yeah, it's 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 weird, man. It's like I think it was like if you, it was like if you if you start at Betty White's life and you go back to Betty White lifetimes, uh. John uh, Thomas Jefferson was alive or some shit. Uh, Also, my favorite fact of 1930. uh, Well, two. uh, Bonnie and Clyde meet for the first time on January 5th, 1930. Fuck yeah. Uh, The last naturally occurring element is found. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Francium. And my favorite fact. What they make baguettes with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Elm Farm Ollie is the first cow to fly in a fixed-wing aircraft, as well as the first cow to be milked on an airplane. Man, the good old days. Whatever that was. (laughs) That's entertainment. You know what sucks? That cow's dead as shit. That cow's dead, bro. (laughs) What's it called? What is his name? Uh, I believe. Hold on. L Farm Ollie or some shit. L Farm. Elm Farm Ollie. Elm Farm Ollie. Dead as hell. The fucking names that they got. You can find a picture of Elm Farm Ollie. Oh, let me see. America's flying milking cow. (laughs) That's like, see, they didn't need hour long sitcoms or fucking. Uh, twenty-seven Marvel films. Just put a cow in a plane. That cow's that cow's in an aeroplane. <laughs> the... I wonder if the milk will taste different. Yeah, <laughs> it's up higher. There's a picture of a cow uh, sticking his head out of a plane, and he's got little goggles. <laughs> She's got little goggles on her head. That poor cow. I know she it, just wants it, to graze. Yeah. <laughs> Why you put me cow. up here? Yeah. Why you put me up here? The grass is down there. Uh, bad news about Bob Cottle. Uh, I was reading his Wikipedia. Is he dead? <laughs> he, uh, I think so. No, Bob Cottle is still alive. Really? How do you spell his name? Uh, C-A-U-D-L-E. Thank you very much for not spelling Bob for me. I heard you start to do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> um... yeah it looks like he's probably alive. He was He was an, at Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> uh he contributed to the campaigns of Senator Jesse Helm. Oh. And, yeah. And then became a legislative assistant for Senator Jesse Helm after he left the radio station or TV station in 1980 
working in Helm's office until 1996. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows who Jesse Helm is. He's a bad man. He's a racist. <laughs> he stinks. Homophobe. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go back to Elm Farm Ollie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to have to do it to you, but we we have to cover the gambit of uh, of news here. You know? We've no stone unturned. Fucking Bob Cottle. Yeah. I like this Bob Cottle content that we're putting out. <laughs> Look, man, born in nineteen thirty. That's weird. We're gonna have some fun with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So next week, so everybody knows, uh, the plan is to review. Clash of the Champions 6, Rage and Cajun from... I uh, do declare. Yeah. Is, is, is this the, the, the when Wyndham and Rotunda finally come together? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> in the swamps, in the bayou. <laughs> uh, no, this is Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, two out of three falls for the world title uh, in the Superdome in New Orleans. So that'll be fun. Uh, and in, as Andrew said... Uh, all the socials he dropped at the top. Thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, leave a review. Leave a response. Tell me what song you don't want to hear at your work anymore. Uh, if you want, <laughs> however you want to interact, it's uh, it's open for that. And uh, we will be back next week because Kayfabe and Elm Farm Ollie may be dead, but we are live at the Smart Marks podcast. Bye, everybody. Oh, it was, if you start at the birth of Betty White and travel back in time, the length of Betty White's lifetime, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and James Madison would still be alive. Just one lifetime. Hot damn. Anyway, see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for that in my Twitter drafts because I remembered I didn't actually tweet it.